doesn't feel legit until the music kicks in. That was voiceless, too. Charlie Murphy and Freeze Love live, and Rich. Live, live, live. Charlie doesn't fuck around. He brings a live, whole live. fucking posse to your house, dude. That's right. Yeah. I like it. I bought the whole camp. Freeze Love is my friend from my- the old days of the comedy store. Yeah. I've known Freeze for, fuck, like a decade now. Yeah, if not longer. If not longer. If longer. Probably yeah. about 15 years. It's been a long time, man. You've been having a lot of reunions this week. I have, yeah, man. It's been a good What's week. What's going man. on? Well, I've been in New York. I've been in New York for like almost <laughs> eight, nine years now, so... It's my first time back in New York and around back the country, in LA. You know, yeah. usually we go way out in Ontario, you know, out there, but we're in Hollywood, right? So a lot of people are like, I thought you were dead. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so you guys have been doing a lot of touring, right? Oh yeah, man, all over the country, outside the country. In fact, we're getting ready to go uh, back to Europe again in October. Oh yeah. And then I'm doing a, a show down in Guantanamo Bay. That's gonna be big. That's probably where I'm going to film uh, my next uh, one hour special. Really? Guantanamo Bay, huh? Yeah, Charlie Murphy Live at Guantanamo Bay. Holy shit. So it'll be 100% soldiers? 100% soldiers, yeah. Whoa. Go hard. Real big. Will they let you talk about whatever you want? Uh, as far as uh, so far. we know, yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, you, I was like, you, you know, when I, you know, when I come down there, I'm, I'm not pulling no punches. They was like, well, no problem. Well, uh, there was a great story that Louis C.K. wrote on his blog about going to, uh, <coughs> going overseas to entertain the troops and how you know enthusiastic the troops are and mm-hmm. how good it felt and everything. But oh yeah. He said he kept getting in trouble. The shit, he just couldn't help himself. He oh, just, with the, with the higher ups? Yeah, because they they didn't they wanted him to be fairly clean, and he would just go dirty because he knew that's what they wanted to hear. And the fucking truth that's would right, go crazy. Man. <laughs> and after the show, if the general yeah. shows up and he had a problem, I'm like, well, I'm not in the army, so <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Keep it moving. Some you know scary people you're dealing with. Keep it man. moving. We're both veterans, man. That's right, man. You had your chance to get us. That's right. <laughs> I'm not doing push ups for you, then and stuff. I'm gonna come do my show, and whoever don't like it. You guys were it both in the military? Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, wow. I was in the Navy. He was in the Army. This, this is a different breed, man. People who have been in the military, you, your eyes are more open. People who have been in the military are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is for real. This, oh, shit's, yeah, yeah, this shit's yeah, for yeah. keeps. Yeah. Everybody out there running around playing doctor. You, you, know, you want to know how the world really works? Even like when, when they show on the news and they show like uh, live footage of a firefight on the news. If you was never... In the military, you was never around a real fire, firefight. That's not the same thing as being there. You know, like what you see on the news, it has an effect on you definitely. But being there when it's going on has a different effect. Hundred percent different. Yeah, yeah. 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 People wow. get oh, desensitized to seeing <laughs> yeah, shit. Exactly. You, you get, get desensitized. desensitized. You standing there. <laughs> yeah, and bullets are flying by. Yeah, you you yeah. realize <laughs> this could be it right now. Yeah. This could be it at any moment. That's right. Yeah, this is a this different breed, man. People who've been involved in the military are a completely different breed. That's uh, it's a hard way to live, man. And for a lot of people, you know, there's not a lot of fucking options in this country, you know? Yeah. That, a I lot mean, of dudes who jump but in But I'm going to tell you something, man. <clears throat> if, you ain't, if you ain't got nothing going on, it's not a bad choice, point blank. If you ain't really doing nothing, if, you, if you're sitting around going, well, that's a hard life, I don't want to do that, and you're not doing anything... You need to do that. It's better than doing nothing. Yeah, it's uh, it's. Really That's why I went, Joe, because you know I would have ended up doing nothing. I, w- I was just sitting at the house, getting in trouble. Really? You know, yeah, nothing was gonna work out, so it was like, oh, go to the military, and I got it together. So, if you if you're not doing nothing. Then that's where you need to go. Well, you know? men men definitely need some form of discipline. 
We, definitely. We definitely, do. Definitely, we need yeah. some form of discipline. We need something to shock us out of our complacency and get us moving. We need something. That's true. Boot camp should be mandatory for every male yeah. once you turn 18, whether you go to the military or not. I think you're the right. The boot camp experience. You know, you should go somewhere and, you know. Yeah, you should be yeah, somewhere get it where. Because yeah. you're going to learn. Take something home with that, you, you know. You, you, you get in a situation where people that do not love you have complete control over your life. And right. that's, that's a good that's a good understanding of life. Right. You know, these are people they don't they don't care about your feelings, they don't care. It doesn't matter. And you're gonna do what they say do. And if you don't, the repercussions they're a lot like life, you know? You, right. Right. You're gonna be in a bad situation. So in the long run you come out stronger, you know, like you you don't trip out over stuff like other people. Yeah. It's just fascinating that we like to pretend that our society is any more evolved than the Romans or than the Greeks, you know, and then you really feel like, you know, what the military really is, you know, it's just it's our, our hired army. Exactly. Our, our, the yeah. people we pay to go fuck people up. It's right. Keep, keep it smooth yeah. over here. Keep it smooth <laughs> over here. Keep it smooth over here. No, no, no. Everything right. over there. Tear it up. We just tear it up. Crazy. That's a... Uh, that's, That's gonna always be the situation on the planet. You, you got, <clears throat> as long as you got people in different countries and all that stuff, you're gonna have competition for, for resources, and you're gonna, you gotta have an army. I know, but we you don't know. Know, we don't have any idea what it must feel like to be invaded. That's got to be right. some trippy shit. Could you imagine if you were living in Afghanistan, for say? You know, Afghanistan is a fairly rural place. It's a very strange country. There's only one real city. Kabul's the real city. Everything else is all these, these territories run by warlords. It's very strange. Mm -hmm. And if all of a sudden tanks show up, giant metal tanks and fucking jets flying overhead, and you're like, what the fuck? You're just out there with your goats and your bitches trying to keep everything down. <clears throat> yeah, that would be a... I and mean, all of a sudden there's American troops, right tanks there. and guns and I think it's even, even more scary to Ooh. imagine that happening here, period. Oh, yeah. yeah. At yeah. my house. Of course. <laughs> that's, that's what I can identify with the fear of it happening at my house. But if I looked at it on my block and I seen tanks coming up the block and all that, that... That would be really, you know. Well, we like to pretend that we're the peak of civilization, right? But we're doing that to somebody else. The yeah. peak, you know, there easily could be a, an advanced race above, you know, or an advanced country, rather, uh, above uh, this one. There could be some new military power that all of a sudden starts taking over, and we could be in the same situation that, you know, other countries are as opposed to us. Oh, yeah, that could happen. That we most could, definitely something, could happen. Anything, I mean, things switch over time. It might not be something instantaneous, but in, uh, in a few months or a few years' time, it could get all fucked up. It could. I'm gonna tell you, like my service. I was in Berlin, and uh, this was like in 1985, 86. This was all before the wall had come down, and Berlin. We were literally stationed in the heart of Berlin, and Berlin is is like Manhattan of Europe. So we would have tanks rolling down city streets, right past city buses. God and, damn! And, and it was. A, it felt weird. It felt weird, but. What, what would the, how did the people respond to They you? were desensitized. That's been that way since the, you know, since they put the wall up in 61 or 62, whenever it was. So they were used to it. But even for me, I, I never got used to that. That was always weird. Wow. That's, no, that's one of the things about going out of Guantanamo. They had that wall there, too. You know, when I, when I was in the Navy, we went to Gitmo. So when I go back to perform down there, it was, it's like my first time there. But they have that wall there with the, with the soldiers on the wall, and they, they, they tell you, 
if you approach that gate or if you try to go through it, they, they shoot the kill. You do. And it's from both sides. God you know, it's damn. from both sides. If you try to come into the U.S., they're shooting the kill. If you try to go into Cuba, they're shooting the kill. Isn't it fucked up that that's cool that we allow that? Like, there's there's some uh, Area 51 spot where if you cross the line, there's a certain line where you get too close to Area 51, they're just allowed to shoot you. Point like, like yeah. yeah, it's like once you cross this line, and we don't have we to just explain shoot. nothing. Yeah. yeah, like what the fuck? What kind of ridiculous <laughs> rule is that? That's that's so ridiculous that the people that are in charge of the government would allow something like that. You can just hey, shoot someone who's nothing. driving, and you don't have to explain shit. Hey, you never National know, security. You might think about it. What's what's behind? What's over yeah. there in Area Fifty One? You might be like, if you knew what it was, you would be like, listen. They got to shoot anyone that comes near. <laughs> I've always wondered it whether or not. I always wondered whether or not it's really alien shit or whether it's just secret government projects. You know, everybody claims alien shit, but if you don't know what the fuck they're capable of, and you think it's one thing, but it really is far more advanced, you would probably think it was alien. And then the the rumors get spread, and you know, if you're some scientist that's thinks he's a bad motherfucker, but meanwhile, there's some Russians that figured out some shit that nobody else has, and we've got their information, and it's in a hangar somewhere in the desert. You know, you, you stumble upon that, you'd probably think that's alien. You'd probably think, where's this coming from? Oh, my God. I think if you meet a fully, fully realized human being, you'd think he's an alien. Because most people are not, you know what I'm saying? We don't, yeah. use, we don't use our whole brain, bro. We don't? Nah. <laughs> no, we're the only species on the planet that don't. We only use 10% of our brains. For the brain capacity, we only use 10% of our... Why? Why? So, so How come you, elephants use 100% of theirs and they're elephants? I think they can't drive cars, but we use 10% of ours, and we do all this technical stuff. I think know? that's um, uh, urban myth. That nah, 10% man, we only use 10%. Thing. I've seen it I'm also. I'm pretty sh- sure on, uh, I saw that debunked. You saw that debunked? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's yeah. looking it up right now. He's looking it up. Which yeah. is checking right now. Yeah, because I want to know this. I've heard that yeah. before. And I, I was like, I, I heard it too. Ten percent of our brain. We don't use our. We don't use our entire capacity. Yeah. You know? We don't. Yeah. Why not? You know what I'm saying? Or is it being controlled? Yeah, it's a myth. If anything, it's being... Oh, they said it's a myth? Yeah, it's a myth. Yeah, we 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 talked about this on the podcast once before because I I had heard someone else say it too. Um, it's a misquote. Him. It's a misquote of Albert Einstein or the misinterpretation of the work of Pierre Fl- Florenz. In so the Charlie 1800s. Murphy just misquoted Einstein and Pierre who? Florenz. <laughs> Florenz. It's one of those things well, that everybody know, says. I graduated from Roosevelt Junior Senior High School, so that's the end of my story. Newton South, class of '85. <laughs> No, I think a lot of people think this. People, people say this all so the time. So we use 100 percent of our brain. I don't think they understand it that way. I, I think that I think we know what areas of the mind are stimulated during certain activities. We can monitor the mind, but th- there's a lot of the, what is the consciousness? Where is the consciousness stored? Where's, like for instance, where's the when you see a person that has psychic stored? ability, right? Do you think when that, I see that them? person? It's special that they just tapped into something that we all have, but we don't all use it. You know what I'm saying? I think most psychics are full of shit. Most of them. Not all of them, though. You know what I'm I'll, I'll leave room. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. When you see somebody like Michael Jordan, the way he took, way he took basketball. He was the it, psychic? No, I'm saying he tapped into something. <laughs> he tapped into something that nobody else tapped into as far as playing the game is concerned yet. He took you know, it to the highest level. Yeah, he took it to the highest level. Does, so does that mean that nobody else can do that but him, or just that nobody else tapped into what you know? Well, there's also freaks. Most of that's, you know, you know, there's freaks 
Like, you know, like just like John Holmes had a big giant dick, mm-hmm. that's ab- abnormal. He's so got this your, abnormal in, dick. In your world. In my world, yes. <laughs> <laughs> who's, a, who's a good... Lexington Steel, is that a better example? He's a black guy with a giant dick. Lex Steel, uh, Okay, that's, a, that's an unusual organ. Who's to say that there aren't brains that's capable fun. of being hyper-powered that's, like that? Right, Some right, guy's right, got a true. fucking 20-inch dick brain. You know, and that's what it is. That's, just that's born what I'm saying. If he has brain. a 20 inch dick brain, then he's fully, he's fully realized. Yeah. He, he, to, to us, he would seem like an alien. Like this guy's so smart. Right. You see that guy that was on? They had him on the news. He was doing all these different uh, mathematical uh, solutions at one time. Like he was, he was talking to like 15 people, and he was telling them when it went, what the day they were born, through asking them math questions. Well, the day, the, the day that their children were born, he was telling, answering questions about their life with math. What? And he had, yeah, what? he had a whole room full of people. There's one guy in the world that does that. But then, go, then I have to go, what is he tapping into that makes him, allows him to do that? It's, and it's all manipulation of mathematics. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. His grasp on understanding mathematics. Is he, it, could, he could do like a, a, a thousand uh, joints, at one, uh, mathematical joints at one time. Wow. Like, well, you, you're going one plus one is two, three times six. Jesus you know, Christ. While you're doing that, he's doing 15, 20 of them at the same time. Well, you ever see those dudes you know, play chess where they play 10 games at a time and they'll walk like, you know, up yeah, and down I was, the I was, table I participated and play these people? Yeah, I got yeah. beat by one of those guys. It felt horrible. Really? Horrible. I felt like an idiot. That's dude, amazing. When I, mean, I was in the Navy, this magic. dude took... It's amazing. Took the entire mess deck, like 45 guys, chess boards in front of us. Oh, my God. And he started at the first guy, and he walked to the last one. And when he walked back, he did maybe three laps, which means he beat everybody in that room <laughs> in three or four moves. You know, He, wow. he took everybody out quick, man. Uh, but this wow. guy couldn't tie his shoes, though. Oh really? Yeah, he, he, could, he had to wear loafers. He yeah, never, he never could master tying his shoes. Or, or, what? Or that what? Other, for yeah, real? Yeah, what do they call that? An idiot survivor. Idiot survivor. It's <laughs> like that other guy. The, the, he he was a weapons officer, man. He was real smart with stuff like that. When we came to common sense things, blew him away. Wow, wow. that's interesting, man. Yeah, life balances itself out in one way or another. Somehow it bounces. You don't get to be super intelligent and be cool. Right. right. <laughs> like they, they got this one guy that's got these real thick, I mean, super duper thick Coke bottle glasses. Right. And what he does is he looks at, they, they took a picture of the New York skyline, a 360 picture of the New York skyline. Mm-hmm. And um, they showed him the pictures and he's got the pictures all up close to his to his eyes through these thick glasses and then he walk into he walks into a room and he paints with a pencil he draws the whole skyline exactly to a T from memory. That's the kid that can look out the window. We, we, yeah, we've talked about this kid before. He can look out a window of a plane and see a city and then draw that exact image. Oh, wow. Right. It's incredible. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. These, yeah. And they're, doing, they're using the same muscle we use, the brain. I think you know when I mean? you see something like that, you got to say, okay, well, clearly there's levels of potential that haven't been tapped. And right. if, if we're evolving, and we think we are, right? We think at one point in time we're some lower primate and we evolved to become human. We're, we're not going to stay this. We're going to get something else. And when you see these savants, you see these people with crazy abilities, what that represents to me is potential. 
This is this is a potential performance of the human body. But, what, it's just not working in all of us yet. But if this guy can do it, yeah, yeah, he shits himself, and yeah, yeah, he, he can't <laughs> right, fucking watch TV saying. without screaming and running into the walls. But he I can mean, still take a picture with his mind and draw. Right. And you can't do that. Yeah, if you but, could do that too, and all the other stuff you do. Wow. Right. So yeah. That's when we've evolved. Because yeah. I mean, if I had to take wow. a choice. I think I'd rather just not be able to draw and not shit my pants on myself. I would say that, too. I would go with that, too. Yeah, I don't want to be some (laughs) extreme example that's crying all the time. Some extreme example that can't get my shit together. Listen to him play the violin. Just keep doing his problems, Paul. He's killing himself only once. Just keep doing his problems. Becoming the best at something, at anything, and trying to become the best, you you risk becoming a fucking mad person. You risk becoming a crazy person. Definitely, definitely. To get out there, to really get out there, to hit the highest highs, you almost have to just be fucking nuts. You almost have to just let it all go. You almost have to it's be true. just willing to go to places that the other people won't go quicker than they're, they're willing to go harder with more discipline, further, further, further. And as you're doing that, man, That's a you separate from the, the yep. pack of you separate from humans. Right. You get so wrapped up in trying to accomplish something and you become crazy. You know, I've seen it happen. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen people go crazy. We've seen Robert people Apple go crazy. Yeah, well, he was. He, he shot lasers at me the other day. Really? Yeah. <laughs> For the folks who don't know, Robert William Applevi is a comedy store legend. He's a, a dude who used to hang around the comedy store, and he was uh, always like wearing like plastic bags and stuff. He's kind of homeless, and uh, he would have all these one-liners about weed. He knew all this information about weed. His whole act was about weed. Everything. I mean, yeah. like, if you want to grow thirty-five plants, then you need to have. Five clones, but you have to catch them at the right month, and you wouldn't yeah. know everything. Yeah, he, yeah. But he bought he a new was, suit recently, though, so really? things are on the up and ups with him. All right, I'm up. glad he's alive. Pharmaceuticals, baby. He was always very friendly. I've never shaken his hand, but we've always been very cordial and friendly with each other because he, he don't he won't touch people. <laughs> he won't, he touch, won't people. touch people. Like, I try to give him knuckles once. I, I prefer not to do that. I yeah, prefer not to. <laughs> I prefer not to do that. And uh, so he doesn't like being touched, the poor guy. And you know, you can only yeah, speculate as to what the fuck that's all about. Someone doesn't like being touched. I mean, who doesn't like a good hug every now and then? Right, Someone right, who right. got again. This was a guy yeah. who wanted to be a comedian so yeah. desperately. I mean, he and, and and just put himself in the comedy world. I don't. I don't know if he was ever funny. But he he, said, he made me laugh a few times. Yeah, there 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 were silly. He had some silly one-liners that were funny. <laughs> maybe know. he was molested by a fellow comic, and that's why. Maybe, he, yeah, maybe, maybe he won't, won't give up the knuckles. Yeah, fat tire. That's nasty. Fat tire. <laughs> you ever look at uh, fake big dick black porn? Oh yeah, yeah you it's know, like where it's porn. like, yeah, this they is a real dick. Porn. They have artificial dicks, and they don't pull them out. They keep them in their pants, and they just like pull out this fake dick. Like, yeah, that's my dick, and it doesn't even look real at all, man. It's what ridiculous. Do they do? Is it parties? No, yeah. they just do it. This guy makes films. He makes yeah. videos, oh, 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 oh. but it's a fake dick. And you could buy it too. Yeah. So if you want to have a fake big black dick, nah, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I mean, he doesn't. Even, his special effects budget is very minimal. Yeah, especially. because this dude doesn't even take his pants off. He's just got this fake dick poking out of his. What's the guy's name? We just met a guy like down in West Palm. <laughs> we just oh, really? Right. Uh, <laughs> Who's this dude it? named Jab Time Boogie? Jab Time, Jive Time, Time Boogie. Boogie. Yeah, I brushed the hairs up on my chest. <laughs> he had a song called "I Brush." The hair oh my up God. on my chest. We, we, awesome. we, we met this guy, and he came to the show, yeah. and he said he wanted to do 10 minutes, which I always let you know any comedians that are local come and do some time. You should never say that on the internet. Well, I you said it, man. Assaulted. I said it. <laughs> I said, I let him I, come, you better get busy because if you don't, you know, you, you know what's going to happen. So you, you, you that's beautiful. You let, let anybody do 10 minutes. 
anywhere. Every, everywhere I've been, dudes come up to me and say, yo, man, I'm struggling, trying to get it cracking. You know? Wow. And you let them go up and do 10 minutes. Yeah. And sometimes... Charlie Murphy, you're, sometimes a, you're a fucking beautiful person. Sometimes to the audience is chagrin because, you know... Sometimes it's terrible. Yeah, wow. This dude came up, he had the, he had the fake dick going around his knee. Like right? folks could kill Bosco's like, It looked like his dick wrapped around his knee. Wrapped around his leg. <laughs> was that part of his act? That was part, part of his, his act. act. He oh, was, okay. came up, he was prominently displaying his fake dick, and I, was, and I was sitting in the back going, wow, you know, uh, we can say what we want, but that is show business. That is show business. <laughs> that is show business. He's on the stage. <laughs> He's on the stage. There's a light on him, and people are looking at he him. Had, he had everyone's attention had everyone's for about <laughs> two minutes. Two minutes. They I don't care him. what you want to say about it. That show business. And therefore, that could be you. That could be yeah, you. So consider yourself, consider yourself fortunate that you don't have to put on a fake dick <laughs> and stand in front of a crowd to get paid. Uh, sing hairs of songs about your chest hair. Yeah, you know, that's a hell of a way to make a living. Do you ever have Except a hard being time in the getting, military? Is hard shit. That, do you ever that's have hard. a hard time getting the guys off stage where they don't want to just do ten minutes? They want to keep going. That dude wanted to stay on. He thought he was killing them. Everyone was looking at him like, "Yo, what are you? What is this about?" <laughs> okay, jokes over. Come on, let's go, Johnny. I was like, "I think you better light him." He's, he, he was bugging, yeah. man. You took the craziest path into comedy ever, man. And uh, I always admire you for doing that. When we met, um, Charlie and I did this thing, the Maxim Comedy Tour. It oh, was yeah. Charlie, me, and um, John, Hefron. John Hefron. We had a great fucking time. Oh, yeah. And uh, we got to become friends, but I, I was always impressed that you took, you, you were an actor, essentially. When you went on Chappelle's show, you were just a guy who was really good at telling stories and a really good actor and the brother of a, the most famous stand-up comedian possibly of all time. Right, and you just jumped right into headlining, man. Oh you yeah, just man. jumped yeah. right in. Hey. That takes some crazy balls. Yeah. I think about like when I first started doing stand up. If someone said, "Okay, now you're gonna do 45 minutes," I would have just shit all over myself. Crazy. You just went right in. You never had a moment where you were like Charlie Murphy, the middle act who toured the country and tried to do little gigs. Like, you just went right into the fucking flame, which is really hard to do. And said, and I'm going to have Freeze Love as my opener. Yeah. And told me, don't don't hold back. Do you. And 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 that's, yo, I've, well, I've, we've been My attitude's always been, you know, now. because of the age I was when I started doing stand-up, I was like, you don't got time for all that. You were already you a man. You don't, yeah, right. you got to jump. You don't have yeah. time to... Right, you know, open, yeah. opening for people and showing. You don't have time for it. You got to show up with something to say. Do you have something to say? Okay, if you have something to say, let's go go iron it out and make it happen. You know, but yeah, not leave it alone. So, yeah, you had evolved the philosophy by the time you ever got on stage. When I first got on stage, I was 21. I was an idiot. I didn't know shit. I, I had no business telling anybody anything about anything. <laughs> so I would just talk about pussy. I would just tell sex jokes. I mean, right. it was like my whole act. Because plus, the first time I got on stage, um. And did a show and got paid for it. I probably got paid way more money than I deserved. But once I tasted the money, <laughs> <laughs> that was how like, old were you? No way somebody's did. telling me I can't go back up on that stage again. You know? Yeah, yeah, man. I was like, I'll do whatever I have to do to stay up there. You know, I was telling people in the audience, look, man, you don't understand. I'm gonna beat you up for real. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm really gonna bust the mic stand on your face. You better let it go because I'm not giving this job up. You know, and I stayed with it, man. How old were you when you first got on stage? 42. Wow. Yeah. 
Wow. So what was that like, man? There's what a giant like shift in your life. Like all of a sudden you're touring all over the fucking country, constantly performing. For the first two years, I I didn't believe that that it was real. It was like, okay, this is, they're being courteous to you because they like you on the Chappelle show and, and you know, they're not booing you or nothing, so go get this money and have fun. But don't don't take it serious because at any moment it's gonna disappear, you know what I'm saying? But then that didn't happen and it, it, it became a responsibility. Like, okay, it's not disappearing. You have to, it's your responsibility to, to, to take this as far as you can. Wow, that's a weird know? that's a weird way of thinking about it. So why did you think that it was gonna go away? Was it because, oh, man, it, was because it, be I, it was too good to be true? Oh man, because it was too good to be true, man. Yeah, it was too good to be true. Me going in the room and standing on the stage for at this at that time, you know, 15, 20 minutes and getting, you know, five grand, ten grams. What? Yeah. For talking? Yeah. Too good to be about whatever I want to talk about? Come on, man. It wasn't like somebody said, you have to do like, in acting, we give you a script, a part, and you have to deliver this guy to the audience. Mm-hmm. Not you. You know, right. stand up is you. So that was too good to be true. I was like, what, man? Come on, man. What's the hardest part about starting that late? Is it that uh, you're already set in your ways and you got to shift your whole life around because now you're a stand-up comic? And- no, the, the hardest part about stand- starting, up, starting out that late for me was that I had <clears throat> most comedians that were my age. I'm 52 years old now. Most comedians you look that, fucking great. that were my age Crazy. had That's incredible. a lot of fans their age. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I have fans my age, but I have also a lot of fans that are 21, 18. Mm-hmm. And now because of the new show I'm doing with uh, Terry Crews, Are We There Yet? Five and six years old again. A lot of kids are popping up. Wow. So when, when I started doing stand-up, I was, I was like, well, who do you want to, who are you talking to? You can't talk to everybody. You can't talk to little kids the same way you talk to adults. And the answer that came back was just be yourself. And the people who you're supposed to be talking to are going to show up. Right. The ones who you ain't supposed to be talking to will not come back, you know? And I've been doing pretty good with that, you know? I just, I just do me. I don't try, that's why I've, I've been able to go all around the world and have had no problem because when we get there, I'm not struggling with, oh, I'm in Stockholm now, so how am I going to... No, I'm, I'm in Stockholm. So you're going to get the same thing in Stockholm that you're going to get in Hollywood or that you would get in New York, you know? Yeah, me, and that's it. That's all I can deliver. It's me, you know. That's a there's something beautiful about that. That uh, that's a that's a wisdom and an approach, you know. When you're 42, that you don't necessarily have when you're 21. You know, when you're 21, you first start out doing stand up. You really shouldn't be talking. You yeah, should be listening. Really, your point of view yeah. is really irrelevant. Yeah, you, know, you should be listening. Oh, when you start talking about relationships and all right, that stuff. Right. You're yeah. 21. It's like stop it, man. Right. You only had one relationship. Yeah. Well, let me tell you how to raise a family. So the you, difference between black folks and white folks. Uh, right. You're how old again? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All that kind of stuff. You know, well, I think it the fact that I was a man when I started, I was already a, a full-grown man. Yeah, it helped me out a lot too. Yeah, because stand-up ultimately becomes about your point of view. It becomes, you know, you 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 breaking down. This is I've I've been alive for X amount of years. This is how I see it. Boom. You know, that's what your your stand-up eventually becomes. Mm-hmm. You know, eventually, and you're already there. You already had so much life experience to jump in at 42. You know. I mean, oh yeah, man, and, and then and, and then and then, and then have the nerve to, because uh, it's courage, the courage to stand in and, and, and you know tell people, because I think it's funny. I'm gonna hit you with it, you know, boom, 
Now we all know as comedians that sometimes you don't get that explosion, and you don't want you you don't want that not to happen, but it's a possibility. But yet that's the risk we got to take, right? Yeah, bombing yeah. sucks. Bombing but sucks. It's, but it's part, it's of, it's part it's of the part program. Of the job. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's what makes you sharp, though. The, the yeah. fear of it, you know, of oh, happening. It's got to sharp. It's you know, it's you know? much harder. Like we're out here right now doing uh, my first TV show where I'm the star of the show. We're, we're, we're in the midst of doing it right now. And we're gonna be out there for six weeks. And what is it? Uh, Charlie Murphy's Law. Charlie Murphy's Law. Charlie it's, Murphy's it's me Law. As a, it's me as a judge. Like, if you think of Judge Mathis or whatever. Right. <laughs> but imagine Judge Mathis when he goes home, right? Oh, uh, okay. And he has a, a, you know, Judge Mathis' background. He's a right. dude from the street. Right. But he, he adopted this kid that's a bad kid. So he's trying to mentor this kid. It's, it's kind of like the courtship of Eddie's father with, with, with your son is not, he's not soft. Your son is really a, a problem. You know, every week is going to be some drama with this kid where I'm going to have to really, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Be dad. You know what I'm saying? You have to knuckle up. And then, he's, not, he's not Theo. Right. You know what I'm saying? He's, right, he's right. A, he's a real kid. <laughs> he's a real kid, yeah. man. He's, he's like what most people are dealing with. Right, you know right, what I'm saying? right. But he's funny, you know? So that's it. so if you mix the two thing about night court and that blended together, that's what the gist of the show is. It's gonna be me and night court. It's gonna be funny stuff in courtroom scenes or whatever. But it's gonna be mainly about me and my relationship with my adopted son. I nice. hope you look into Judge Mathis as your inspiration because I love Judge Mathis. Judge Mathis is raw, He's the man. Fucking bomb. Raw. Judge Mathis is raw. Isn't it weird how raw. we like watching other people go to court? Raw. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like how, weird, how weird is that, man? We like watching yeah. other people go to court. Other people. We like other people to be up there and go, oh, you're fucked now, yeah. dude. Ooh, I can't believe he said this that. Motherfucker doesn't even have receipts. You're right. No receipts. <laughs> what? Why'd why you do, even come, sir? Why shut up. We, shut up. Don't why do we like word. that? Why do we like seeing other people fuck up? Yeah. I, I think know, it man. keeps us on your toes. It keeps me on my toes. I think it's just a nice toes. distraction. You, you concentrate on their problems so you don't have to think about your own. You've got some new thing to occupy your mind. Yeah, this is true. I consider Judge Mathis yeah. like school, though. Like, it teaches me what not to do, just like I do with cops. Okay, what is it teaching you? First 48, like if I were to murder somebody, like I, I know not to do this and that. <laughs> sure it's like, it's, it's just. It's Judge just Mathis has bagging skills, though. That's, that's yeah. why I like it. Yeah, Judge Mathis. He has professional bagging skills. I wouldn't start no, no type of. He can shut know. you down. He's quick with it. He's quick with it, and he says some bone crushing shit, man. I'm telling you, I was in a radio station with him. I'm not oh, going to run his jokes him? back, but he really tore that. D- what was that DJ's name? I don't know. That oh, guy started. He came in and started. He thought he had two, you know, schleps in the room. He came. He came. First, he started with Paul. He didn't know Paul was a comedian. And he made he, freeze. And he made, and he made freeze. He actually freeze after about 10 minutes. He said, hey, are you a professional comedian? Because the room was, like, glasses were knocked over and everything. People were laughing at the, him. The he dude, came in the room and started it and got blowed out. He looked like and, a tall Gary Coleman. Right. And that's what <laughs> freeze stuck to that whole theme, the Gary Coleman theme. This dude was about this tall. <laughs> Looked just like Gary. Ripped him in the room. And then we went into the the, uh, the booth, we went to the actual room to do the interview. Judge Mathis is in there. So the guy just finished getting embarrassed by Freeze. He wants to redeem himself. He says something to Judge Mathis. And then Judge Mathis took it to the next level. It was, it was like they played... Uh, uh, what are you a relay race with that guy? Like ping pong. With he, he had him. He freeze handing him off to Judge Mathis. <laughs> and what did Judge Mathis say? Destroyed him. He destroyed him. What he, he says, said? He said, "Yeah, destroyed." He said, first of all, I, you climb up out of that hole when you talk to me." <laughs> <laughs> That's what he told the dude. <laughs> wow. 
I mean, the dude was, he was Imagine a judge talking out. shit to you. Yeah. And, 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 and at one point, my man said something about uh, downtown LA. Oh, yeah. He, he said, said something about transvestites and the dude said, yeah, yeah, Judge Madness. I know you want to go down there and see all them transvestites, Judge Madison. So, yeah, yeah. I, I do want to go down there so I could watch you stand up and suck dick. And this dude was like real short. The judge said that? Judge yeah. Madison. Uh, whoa, yes. whoa, 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 whoa. Yes. So uh, are you throwing him under the bus right now? Hard, son. Yeah. Is this information that could get him? He's real, man. Judge Madison is real, man. He crushed him. Prison and shit. That dude's awesome. Should we? No, but to tell a short dude so I could watch you stand up and suck dick. That's that was where the, the brilliance was. Okay, <laughs> don't don't get it twisted. It, that, that's what made me go. Judge Mathis is the real deal. Yeah, he hit this dude so hard, man. The dude shut up. The rest of the interview, he he was scared to talk, man. <laughs> he was scared to ask questions. He would kidnap. We was interviewing ourselves after that. <laughs> Great moments in criminal history. <laughs> True Hollywood stories with Judge Mathis. <laughs> I love Judge. I could watch you. I'm supposed stand to stand up and st- uh, Tommy. <laughs> I'm supposed to ask you about uh. Johnny Gill, who thought he could beat Oscar De La Hoya. Oh yeah, man! You know, wow! How do you know somebody about that? Told me, somebody told me. Wow! How do you know about that one, man? I think it was Tom Segura told me that. That was that was that was one of the days when that's back when Oscar was still you know fighting too. That's what made me really angry. And Oscar was whipping somebody's ass, and I'm sitting next to a balladeer. You know, I respect you. You're a good singer and all that, but don't point to no fighter and go, I could whip him. That, I don't want to hear that, man. He really said that? Vehemently, man. It jumped up. I, 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 I'm, 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 the fact that you brought it up, it ain't like I'm snitching. I told him, if I ever see you and Oscar <laughs> in the same room, making sure that Oscar knows that you feel that way. <laughs> I want to be there. I'm making sure he knows that you, a balladeer, a crooner, Said that you could whip him. I, yeah, man. That was a to me. That was the highest insults of the highest level, man. You make your money with roses flying in the air and all that singing. You gonna look at a fighter and talk about I could whip him? Come on, man. Wow. He needs to know that. He needs to know you feel that way. <laughs> I did it with Mike Tyson. The referees used to talk shit. Oh yeah, blah blah blah. Do this and that. The Mike blah blah blah. blah. So one day we were all together, and I said, like, you know, Mike, uh, this dude told me to whip your ass, man. He really, he tells me all the time. Why don't you tell Mike what you be telling me? Wow. Watched him turn into Kool-Aid in his chair. Uh, what did he say, Mike? He didn't say nothing to I Mike. I meant the man. other That's Mike Tyson, He didn't say man. nothing Being to Mike. Alone that, that was in my the whole room. point. I mean, you probably have encountered it before. I've been in the hood. I've been in the barbershop sometime. And I got to tell folks, man, they be like, yo, man, because Mike, you know, Mike, don't, Mike, nothing, man. What do you, you work for UPS, right? Don't bring up Mike's name, son. <laughs> Stop it. Bring up another truck driver. Because I'll take you out of Gleason's right now and pick out any heavyweight, somebody who you've never seen on TV, and he'll make you call him the greatest. Stop it, man. You don't, you, you're not a fighter. You don't do what this guy does. Respect what he does. That's like him jumping behind the wheel of your truck. I'm trying to beat you on your route. It's not going to happen. I'm going to park this 18. It's not going <laughs> to happen, man. It's a thing where dudes get delusional about their ability to kick ass. It's a yeah, weird Johnny thing, Gilby, He really thought he, back in the day, I don't know, maybe he, you know, he's more But what did he think? Way. He just think that he felt Oscar Dill was getting lucky? He felt he was more powerful, faster. <laughs> that was it. But you never, you never boxed before. 
has nothing to do with it. I'm talking about being a man. I was this, like, what? What do you think they're doing, man? You, what, what are you talking about, man? These boys is fighting, man. Charlie, talking Charlie. about being a man. These boys are trying to knock each other's heads man. off. Talking about being a man. That's a dude that doesn't understand what an eight-week camp is like. An eight-week training now he was, camp. He was buffed. He, at that time, that's when he Bear. was. I think he was working out with Barry Barnes, and he had a little cut on and everything. I was like, you know, those muscles don't translate to a win, brother. People it translates to best in show at a bodybuilding concert, <laughs> contest. Not that you're going to win the fight. And if you look at real fighters, they don't have the chiseled body like G.I. Joe. You know what I'm saying? Look at Anderson Silva. Yeah, look at his body. look normal, man. Yeah. And look what happens when those dudes come in with the, you know, the G.I. Joe kid. The classic ballet stand. The, the problem with yeah. all that muscle is it needs fuel. Yeah. You got you to gotta feed that. So you're only good for about 30 seconds, 20 seconds of full wow. fury when you're all big like that. The guy can hang on to you. It's like riding a bull, you know, but the bull's like a out. real bad endurance. Then you burn it. Just, just ride them until the they wear themselves out. arms, they fill up with blood. Yeah. Then they, they can't heavy. move. They get heavy. It's crazy. You watch, like, there's a guy named um, Marius Pujanowski. Strong, world's strongest man does those crazy fucking things where they, oh. you know they throw the beer bottles in the air yeah. and lift right, up cars right, and right. shit. You know that strong man shit. Yeah. He's won it a bunch of times, and he just started doing MMA and he gets fucked up by fat right. dudes. He's not throwing right. a big keg. He's throwing something with punches and kicks. Yeah, off. Tim <laughs> Sylvia beat the fuck out yeah. of that boy. Wow. He had that dude purple. That purple guy was purple as, as fuck. Exactly. Hey, yeah. Tim Sylvia was like, "How dare you?" I was a fucking two-time heavyweight champion, or more, maybe. I don't know. Either way, he's a fucking world UFC heavyweight champion. Right. And you think that you, you can pick up a car so you can kick his ass? It was like a slow, methodical ass-kicking by a, right. a, an overweight guy, essentially. The guy with a big not gut. Moving. The car's not moving. The car's not yeah. you know, doing techniques on you. But if they can get you in those first 15 seconds, you could have a real big fucking problem. Because for but those guys seconds, get those guys get street people like you know yeah damn, that guy who could throw a car goes to the supermarket and you get an argument he could probably throw you you know across the meat section and yeah take your back or something you won't you won't expect yeah. it wow this guy yeah. threw me across the meat section but you ain't an MMA fighter you know you ain't a boxer you ain't whatever any any kind of professional athlete whatever profession he's in respected don't disrespect now you think straight up now you got me thinking about fights in supermarkets. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah, man. There's, there's no weight classes in supermarkets. No way. I remember class. a few years ago, this dude was talking about jumping on. Uh, was one of the running backs, and, and I asked him, "Yeah, we're the same size physically." I was like, "You really think you can beat that guy?" He's like, "We're the same size." I said, "Yeah, but I've seen him run over five guys his size. I never seen you run over nothing. <laughs> you have a hard time going up the steps." You, Mess with this boy, <laughs> you know people, what I'm saying? Yeah, you're the same size, but you ain't the same thing, man. Come on. Yeah, man. people don't so, understand a super athlete. Yeah, you understand until that's why that's why we have the, the ability to buck our eyes to that's... express that. <laughs> to express that when you get surprised, you go, oh shit! Oh my god! <laughs> you Wait, know, you, I didn't. I didn't mean it. I wasn't yeah. practicing. Exactly. Yeah, you can't hang out with dudes that talk shit. Nope. Talk shit about how they fight you. Mike Tyson. Yeah, that's those guys are useless. But now, and I'm telling you, if you come around me and talk about who you could whip, because a lot of my friends are fighters, and I've seen them in the room, I'm just letting them know how you feel. That's how, that's how I roll. That was the funniest fucking moment. I'm them know how you feel. It was me, Brad, Black, uh, Brad Blackburn, Maurice Smith, and one other, uh, oh, Ivan Salivary. All UFC fighters or kickboxers, and we're all out. 
at a restaurant and Charlie is convincing everybody <laughs> that that the ridge hand that y'all are sleeping on the ridge hand. <laughs> And he was talking about the, the Chicago Ridge Hand, the different types of Ridge Hands, and th- they were they were laughing. They were trying to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you you can't even. Try. But Charlie but stuck you know his who, fucking guns. You know who used the Ridge Hand was the Ice Man in, 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 in one of the very <laughs> first UFC joints. Uh, my man Chuck Liddell knocked out uh, Yarbrough with a Ridge Hand. Chuck Liddell never fought Yarbrough. He, he fought, fought some big giant dude. Keith Hackney fought Yarbrough. And I was like, yo, yeah, he did though. He hit Ridge him. Hand. Yeah, well, he hit him with like a. Uh, an open palm strike to the head too. He hit him with a bunch of different things, but he definitely. And I was like, yo, but I would never use. Yeah. The ridge hand. See, open palm strike. That's a that that even sounds like it's just gonna. Put yo, but listen though. Your head. Who just who just executed a beautiful open palm strike? National television. We all give a round of applause right now. The wife oh, of yeah. Rupert Murdoch. Let's what give happened? a round of applause. What Rupert happened? Murdoch's Rupert wife. Murdoch's wife, man. You just, what see, you just see the press conference when he, Rupert Murdoch was getting interviewed and this dude tried to come in with the pie and hit him from the side and his wife came out with the open hand palm strike and broke his nose, man. Whoa. His, yeah. wife, is, his wife is young. She's not old like him. He has, like, she's like in her 30s, man. Look at him. She didn't even hesitate. Thirty-year-old pizza ass. They showed the dude on the elevator him. with right. a bandaid yeah. on his nose and shit. Break noses wow. for him. Wow. Broke his wow. nose, man. Rupert Murdoch, you know, despite of all and his evil beautiful. intentions, and she's, and she's hot. You know, he's oh, a yeah. bad motherfucker. Oh yeah. I mean, that guy's got a, a lot of power in this world. And, and a beautiful Rupert wife Murdoch? that could kick your ass, man. That's incredible. I mean, that's, yeah, that's what you can say. You got it all. When you can tell your wife, you go take care of that guy. <laughs> she comes over. Why ya? You can tell she knows martial arts by the way she went straight with the oak palm here, straight, bah! right to the, to the nose, man. She, she beats you up with yoga. <laughs> no, it was it was she was she was she came with it, man. What an old school move though, hitting somebody with a pie. <laughs> yeah, yeah shaving cream. We were talking. I mean, get, what was so funny about the whole thing is, not long before that, we were just talking. We were like, "What is the defense with that?" Charlie's, and Charlie's like, "Ask Joe first. Ask Joe first. Okay, let's ask." If you was if you was doing something live, and somebody did that to you, would you laugh it off? Um, it really depends. It depends on if I felt malice from them, if I felt like they hated me, if I felt like, you know, they were, they were lashing out. They trying to embarrass you. Yeah, but people try to embarrass people just because they're idiots and they want attention. It would, it would all depend entirely on the moment. But I, I would hope that I wouldn't do anything stupid. All right, so I said my answer was I would whip the person's ass, right? And then he just... That's something point, stupid. This is what he pointed so, out that was funny. He said, but you have to remember this, Charlie. Once the pie is on your face, whatever you do after that, you're doing it with pie on your face. (laughs) 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 Makes it instant comedy. If you whip the guy's ass all over the room, you got pie. You did it with pie on your face. (laughs) 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 To me, it it would depend on the pie. The yeah, best it could be delicious was, pie. Yeah, it was like, what, is that lemon meringue? Fuck yeah, thank you, sir. Oh, are you going to get yeah, in the face with lemon meringue pie, like, son? <laughs> it's going to happen. I was like, now. I'll whip your ass. Like, you know, you'll hope. be fighting with pie on your face. I was like... You'll be well, angry just, just like there's a lot of angry with pie on your face. Just like there's a lot of dummies that will look at a guy like Mike Tyson and really think that they can kick his ass. There are people that look at a guy like you, like on stage, and they get upset at you for some reason. They get upset at you for getting that attention. They get upset. Oh yeah, at you. yeah, yeah, yeah. But for, then you know they what? Feel like they should be getting what you have. I, I thank God that I'm, every time, every time one of them have stepped up, I had a baseball bat of jokes 
You know, I, my 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 my, re, my reaction was always right on on time, laser sharp, and they was burnt out of the audience like like a cigarette. But you know, and he's been in the witness, and I've been in the witness. You doing it? I, I think you're one of the best I've ever seen do it. You inspired <laughs> right. me when Thank I you. seen the, the, the how deep you took it. <laughs> I, I was like, well, I, I I could go much harder than I've been going. <laughs> Joe is telling this person, man, That's wow. Sad. You know what I'm saying? I see you evaporate people, so that made that that told me that it's something that you definitely got to have as part of your game. If you're gonna be standing up on the stage talking to people, you have to have the ability to you know to do that. Yeah. If it comes up, you got to shoot them down and keep it moving. You can't be haggling with them and you know because that's gonna break the whole continuity of the show up. The guys that can just hit them with the hammer and keep it moving are the, the, the best. Man. It's an unfortunate side effect of comedy, but we started out, Freeze and I were fucking comedy store veterans, man, and yeah. that was a place that nobody patrolled. There yeah. was no manager shushing the room. Just the comedy store was run by the guy on stage, and occasionally dudes got kicked out because the comic would go, just get these fucking people out of here. God get damn. It would, get, it would get to the point where it was just, it, you had to kick them out before the show couldn't go on, but there was there's always something there. That place always. is always drama. I've had glasses thrown at me on stage there. I've it was seen. Wild. I, remember when uh, Holtzman got knocked out by Martin Lawrence's bodyguard? Just talking about that. Yeah, talking about God damn, that place yes. was chaos. I remember. Wow. The, I remember Eddie Griffin. We we were in the main room. We had a show. It was Martin Luther King's birthday, and after the show. <laughs> This was the, when a DJ came on. This is the first time I heard the song uh, No Vaseline. Right. Ice. You remember right. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the DJ played it, and Dr. Dre and all of the dog pound. And, and, and it was about Dr. They, Dre. Yeah, they were all there, and, and Dre went up on stage and snatched the record off of the off the turntable and snapped it in half, and that kicked off a riot. Tretch oh. was in there. Tupac was in there. Tretch had that big chain with the padlock on it. He was swinging that over his head. Oh, my God. All of this went on in the May Room on Martin Luther King's birthday. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was, I remember that. Holy shit. Man, my scene, that Rich place Pratt, was fucking Rich crazy, Pratt, man. His last wife, Flynn? Yeah. Richard Pryor's last, last oh, wife, Oh, yeah, Flynn. yeah. I seen the weirdest woman out there. Boy, At the comedy store? store? I was in the parking lot. Richard Pryor was performing that night. And she was standing by the back door, and this other chick came around and was, was getting ready to come up. I heard, she, they knew each other, obviously. She, she, she said to that other chick, didn't I tell you not to come to no more Richard's shows? <laughs> Every time she hit her, another piece of jewelry came off. So when she got finished, all of this woman's rings and necklaces and everything and her wig was laying on the floor. <laughs> wow. And they was dragging her away, man. And then Richie Pryor went on stage and did 20 minutes on what just happened. <laughs> Classic, sir. Took it straight to the stage. He went right on the stage Took with it? Straight to the stage. Oh, man. <laughs> what year was this? That had to be eight in the 80s, man. You're like, you know, 89, 90, something like that. Could you imagine if you fucking videotaped that? It was that? a long time ago. Wow. Can you imagine if you had a videotape no of that? No one was expecting that. That was, that. that was like on the moment. She said, didn't I tell you not to come no more to Richie's shows? Pop, 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 pop. Just started firing on him. How beautiful would that video be? To watch that, watch the ass kicking, to ass prior kick. walking on stage, Just to prior talking yeah. about the ass kicking. The pre-show. It it went the all pre -show. Just, you yeah. don't want to miss it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I performed with 20 minutes on what just happened outside. I performed with Richard Pryor for a few weeks. 
uh, right at the the end, right when he was uh, when he stopped uh, performing, when he was in a wheelchair. Remember when they used yeah, to carry him on stage? Yeah, yeah. In the OR room, I, I had to go on after him for for weeks, for weeks yeah. when he did that. I always I was that was the old spot Mitzi always gave me right after Richard Pryor. When you go on after Richard Joe, and you would you would eat dick like no other time. Like, yeah, because it, it wasn't. It was sad. It, it was, was sad, sad watching They'd... Richard. You know, I mean, it was cool because once Richard would open his mouth, it was him. Right. I mean, you know, you could tell that he's. And and then it it was it was a weird effect because you'd be like, oh yo, he's still there. He's still in there. Right. But then you would be like, wait a minute, he's in there. That's his body now, and that's what he's he's kind of. It seemed like he was more in prison. After you heard him do stand-up, because it was a realization like, this is a man who has his wits, but does not have his his motor skills, and his 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 functions, his bodily functions to, to match up with his wit. Right, right, right. And that was that just was even though he was funny, even though he was sharp, that just it was sad. It was yeah, he sad. would. It seemed to me like there was a there was a disconnect too towards the end. He, he, I don't think he was completely lucid. So when he would go on stage and talk about things like they didn't always make sense, and right. you know, it was uh, it was it was he was dying, you know, and he would get this huge round of applause when he got off stage, where people just would say, you know, hey man, when you look at him right now, man, there's not much time left, and this is one of the greatest comedians, maybe the greatest comedian to ever walk the face of the planet, right. the most influential, I think, of all time. And you're you watching them as they're carrying him away. And then they introduce you. Jeff Richard gets on the piano. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Joe Rogan. From Hardball. <laughs> on Fox TV. Please welcome Joe Rogan. And you go on stage and you have to do stand-up after Richard. And it takes at least four or five minutes to get him out of the room. Because they're walking with him out of the room. Because right, right, right. he can't really walk. So they have to carry him and walk with him really slowly. And everybody's clapping and standing. You know, like a war veteran just got off stage. You know, that's, that's, who, did, that, that's who did just get off stage. Yeah, yeah, know? it's a good one. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, what yeah. I, what I've I seen you? that. I've seen that that type of uh, you know that working spirit in, in, in other artists too, like Sammy Davis Jr. The last film he ever did was uh, the, the Kid Who Loves Christmas, and I would happen to be in that movie, and he that's when he was dying, and I wouldn't came to work. But he was he was there every day, you know. Wow. He was he died like a week or two after we finished shooting. He was advanced cancer, but he wow. was coming to work anyway, man. Well, that's how Patrick Swayze did it too, right? It's coming to work anyway. Yeah, I guess why not? Fuck it, just go out doing what you like doing. You think that's what Steve Jobs is doing? Do you think that's why he stepped down today? Yeah, that, do you know that oh, Steve no. Jobs yeah, 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 stepped yeah. down from Apple yeah. today? Uh -huh. Yeah. I hope it doesn't change, like. Well, I, I don't know, man. Dude, dude has like he had pancreatic cancer, didn't he, or liver cancer, I think it was, something yeah. crazy. He had to get a liver transplant from fighting the cancer. Wasn't that what it was? Yeah, but you the think, liver got fucked up from the chemo or something. You think he would Magic oh, wow. Johnson that shit like quickly? Like just, you know, he'd pay for it and it'd be done. What do you he think have, he could do? You know, like he 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 just has all the money in the world. You think there would there would be, you know, that's just kind of to show you that there really isn't any help for some of the, for cancer. Well, you know, you can also, you can f fix AIDS, but cancer you can't stop it. No matter yeah. how much money you have, I think some people have a genetic yeah, inclination. A thing, they man. can just get it. They just have a bad genetics. They you know they they're most likely gonna die of cancer young. That's very possible. But there's also a thing to be said for a guy who works as hard as Steve Jobs. That that shit is just not healthy. 
you know, you're you're right. hitting that red line all the time. <laughs> that's true. Your fucking engine is constantly going, man. And I don't and, think that's healthy. Oh no, no, it's not. So this can't be. It can't be. That's it's not fun. If it's not fun, it's not healthy. You know, it's that simple, dude. You're a billionaire, he's done son, it, man. You, yeah. And it's like, yo, you have done it. Yeah. Dude. You yeah, can you really, relax. You really can. Eat some cookies, watch yeah. some TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he's got to eat, like, oatmeal cookies with, like, maple sugar. Hey. He's got, like, some serious issues with his health. Wow. He's f- pretty fucked up. You know, and you know, I don't know how much of that's genetic. I don't know I don't know about that argument, you know, how much is genetic, how much of it is Well, work, I think but. a lot of it has to do with diet, man, you know? Genetics, diet, all that, yeah. you know? And it's also... And stress in your Stress. A lot of executives... Like Hollywood executives, a lot of those older guys, they start getting really sick. And I think that's a lot of it is just the, the pressure, you know. I knew this one guy, fucking, he used to uh, work for my ex-girlfriend, or my ex-girlfriend used to work for him, rather. Real nice guy. Just 50 years old. Had cancer, you know, out of nowhere. And he was dead within weeks. And it was just the weirdest thing ever. He just seemed like this nice guy. Like, hey, Bob, what's going on? Nice to see you. He's always laughing and joking around. And then, Boom! Whatever it was, just hit him and hit him quick. Wow. And all of a sudden, That's he's not, done. They killed my father and my wife. You know? Wow. And with both of them, it was like, you know, they got sick. They went to the doctor. They was diagnosed. They went into treatment, and they passed away. Oh, my God. It wasn't like, uh, you know, it was a long battle, you know? <sighs> yeah, man. Wow. And, and, and with both of them, like, my dad, he smoked. But when he was young, he was an athlete. Right? My wife didn't smoke, didn't drink, didn't uh, uh, do drugs, didn't, uh, worked out, drank water every day, didn't eat meat. Wow. None of that. But still, she didn't. She passed away before she was 40. It, it was diagnosed uh, six months after my daughter was born. Because they oh, wouldn't have to keep God. going for follow-up checkups, and then, boom, you got cancer. Yeah, man. So it's very deadly, and in, in, in its origins uh, are... A mystery, because it could be what you eat, it could be it's in your family, or it could just be you or your personality. Is you're a very tense person, and you create it, create it within yourself, man. It's deep, very scary disease, man. Yeah, imbalance is a is a frightening thing when it comes to your health. You know, when it really could be terminal, like you could have terminal imbalance. You could get your whole system so fucked up. From thinking the wrong way, doing the wrong way, eating the wrong way, treating your body like shit, treating people like shit, and then next thing holding, you know it. Holding on to anger. Holding yeah. All of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Holding grudges. All of mm-hmm. that stuff is, it, it it has to manifest some way. Resolving a grudge is one of the best feelings ever. When you're cool with somebody, you know, when you weren't cool with them, and then all of a sudden you're cool with them. It's a nice feeling. It's like a, it's a good, as a human being, it's like a good feeling. You know, that's almost definitely. Yeah, but keeping one and just thinking about this motherfucker. If I see this, <laughs> just hold it on to shit like that. Going over fake arguments in your head. If he says this, I'm gonna say that. Yeah, right. like, what if he I does to, this? I oh, this it. Like, for a long time in my life, I would, I, you know, I had to learn it. Don't keep grudges. Don't, yeah. don't dwell on negative. You know, I had to learn it. It's, yeah, and you want to be hard. You want to tell them right, to fuck right. themselves for, right. for life, bitch. I was I was yeah. reading on Twitter. <laughs> for life. I was reading on Twitter the other day, and somebody, <laughs> somebody quoted a tweet from a, a tweet or a quote from Mandela, and he said, um, "Resentment is like is like uh, is like drinking a bottle of poison." 
to kill your enemy. Whoa. That's deep. That is deep. It is yeah. true, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, you got to figure out a way to make people... Like, to make people that you hate, people that annoy you, people that only become a source of positivity to you. Right. Right. Like, figure out a way to, no matter how cunty somebody gets with you, never let it affect you. Only take it as a source of inspiration. You know what's made me better with that? Right. Twitter. It's made me better with, with that. Because there's constantly assholes. Remember right. how many times right. I jumped yeah. on Twitter? You can't see and you yeah. can't wrap your hands around it. Around go through the, <laughs> dive through the Does machine. Does that drive you nuts when people talk shit to you? Yeah, man. I've gotten into it with a few people. Then I realized you're making a fool of yourself. <laughs> going back and forth with this person, man. They, they're probably playing right now. Of course they, they got are. got you lit up. Oh, and, yeah. and the other thing, like you said, you, you explained to me. You said, yo, don't forget. Look, you, you, somebody says some real smart alecky or, or some, some bullshit to you. And then you look, and they got like seven followers, but you retweeted what they said and what you're gonna do to them. Now, hundred thousand people's reading it. Now, hundred thousand yeah, yeah. people of your fans are reading it. <laughs> know this person. Now they want to know what's going on. You, you, you know what I'm saying? The best thing to do is just don't even respond. Man. Yeah, you can't block. Ex- you can't. Yeah, just block them. I That's just what block. I, I could block crazy every day. Yeah, I just block them. People want to talk a lot of shit. They want to be angry, man. It's like you could choose to focus. What, what you choose to put on that Twitter is a direct reflection of you as a human being. What you send out there, that's you, man. And if you get cunty, I don't need I don't need you in that's there. Right. I don't that's need right. you in the mix. Right. Put that block on you. You take care. But I got I'm not, caught up in it. I think if you want to talk to me that way, we should meet yeah. somewhere. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how to get to the dock? <laughs> It's you funny know, how many people out there looking to find somebody to hate. There's a, a lot. A lot of people, man. A lot of people looking for you to stumble. So they get yeah, point yeah, fingers yeah. and you go fuck yourself. And They want to do that. They want to, you know, I, I don't know. I guess there's people feel a lot of times that if you're failing, then that makes them doing good. Better, yeah. I'm doing good. I'm not failing. See, look, look, look. Look, they're failing. Yeah, they're yeah. failing. Yeah. Yeah, that's the worst. I'm happy to see him fail that piece of shit. You're like, man, you don't even know you that even dude. Know this dude. You never really? even met that dude. I'm glad it's not the opposite. I would hate to have everyone try to kiss you all the time, like like write you nice little love letters every day. I just want to tell you, your eyes would be great the, today. Who do you think would be the most annoying to be in that respect? Either one of them, man. Yeah. He could tell you. I broke up with this girl once for asking me, am I okay? Are you okay? She just kept saying it. Oh, really? Are you okay? <laughs> Yeah, baby, minutes. I'm fine. I'm fine. You okay? Why don't you go get something to eat? She come back. Are, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Twenty minutes later, and then they they even noticed it. So I finally said to her, "Look, I'm a grown man. Why do you keep asking me? Am I okay?" Well, say it how you said it. Yeah, say it how you said it. <laughs> Look, bitch, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> What really? That's how I said it. Look, bitch, I'm okay. I'm a grown man. A grown if I wasn't okay, man. you'd think I'd come to you. Right. You'd think I would come to you for assistance. <laughs> you really help me with my problems. Is that what you said to her? Yep. I said, never ask me if I'm okay again. Do you understand? Are you okay? <laughs> I had to storm out of the room. Maybe she just wanted to talk but wasn't a good sentence starter. She was. Uh, she had a problem, man. She had a problem. She had a problem. She had problems with. Uh, it was weird, you know. Yeah. She okay. was really whipped. I guess that's, that's the way to put it. She was dick whipped. 
to the point where it was irritating. He just broke her down. To the point she, she just, was asking, I don't gave in. We don't care. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> yeah. Damn. What's wrong with this chick, man? Wow. You don't want that to be the effect, though. You don't want somebody to, you know, that's too much. She was just too into you? Yeah, man. Somebody could be too into you. You know what I mean? Like, it's irritating. <laughs> Come on, man. Back up, man. I don't know, man. That sounds pretty good to me. Nah. nah. You just need a few of them. Yo, nah. You have to experience this. <laughs> nah. Nah. I felt sorry for the dude. You felt sorry because she liked out the room, too much. She's pacing in the hallway in front of my door, whatever. Ready just, what are you doing here? At your back. I, I came to see if you're okay. I came to see if you're okay. <laughs> was, she, was she hot? Was she hot? She was nice looking, but that made her ugly, man. All your really? okay stuff. She did it to the point where it was like, look, I'm avoiding you at all costs. And did you ever tell her, stop asking? Yes, several and, times. And she wouldn't stop. She couldn't stop. What was the issue? She was she crazy? She was a uh, little bit. No, little bit. she's a little. She, she said, I, I'm obsessed with you. I was like, well, that means that you have. You should go talk to a psychiatrist. If you're obsessed <laughs> with anyone, you, you, know, you shouldn't be dealing with them no more. You know, you should, that's not part of a healthy relationship, obsession, you know? But, but what caused the obsession? I don't know, man. You know, like some people, you know, like, did you just fuck the shit out of her? Probably Murphy? did. You know what I'm saying? But some people <laughs> must have. You that, must have just had a different the effect shit on out of this people. girl. You broke her, dude. You broke her that to the point where she was like waiting outside your dog, like a Are you uh, okay? your door, like a dog. Are you okay? Am I okay? Yes. Sir. She's like a bloodhound for you. What's up, Nick? You okay? You okay? You okay? How long? Yeah, other how many times did you have off, right? How many times did you have to fuck her before you broke her? Once, man. Are you okay? Started from the first. Really? From the first session. Are you okay? I was like, am I okay? <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> Charlie Murphy. Okay. Are you okay? Breaking girls' wills. I must crush you. Charlie did a Murphy. That I'm gonna tell you something, though, man. I'm tired what? of being single, man. Charlie did a Murphy. Charlie did a Murphy. Charlie did a movie that's I I thought was the same name as the Coconut Water, isn't it? Oh uh, yeah, it's Cookout Two, CO Two. All right, Cookout yeah. Two, yeah. Yeah, with Mike Tyson, right? Mike Tyson is in a scene in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm in it too. He's in it. You're, yeah. Is in it. Yeah. When's that coming out? Because that you guys from that last year, or uh, we filmed like two years ago. Two years ago. Two but, years ago in Miami. But I don't, I don't know when it's coming out because that dude, Jimmy Henchman, is, you know. Yeah. I talked to Shot Kim, though. I told him when he was coming down in Miami, he said he's going to do a screening. Oh, okay. For One of the producers got, you know, put, put away. So I don't know, I don't know what's the up. The wonderful world of movies. You know what I mean? <laughs> the movie's a, funky a good world, movie, man. The movie, movies are funny. My best, my best thrill was the fact that I had a chance to work with Mike. I, I knew Mike Tyson before he was the champ. You know what I'm saying? So I seen the, the whole journey from. The guy who was a regular dude that was scared, and you know, and, and all these people were around him and telling him you could do this, and he did it, and he became this bigger than life person, all the way to the, you know, to the end, <clears throat> to now the person that he is now. Because if you see Mike now, Mike got his shit together. You know what I'm saying? He's not. Nobody can say, oh yeah, he's out of control. He's not out of control. He's a married dude. He, he's calm. He's polite to people. He doesn't get in trouble no more. He got laughing, laughing. Yeah, like the dude, man. It's interesting. Yeah, he got his shit together now, man. So I, I feel good about that. You know, I got to work with him in that movie, so that was a good feeling, man. Because I hadn't seen him in years. I seen him, and when I did see him, he, he was back. You know what I'm saying? You seen back. that documentary? 
Yeah, I've seen the documentary. How fucking powerful was that? With the bird. Extremely if you've never seen that Tyson documentary, is it just called Tyson? What is it I called? I think it's extremely yeah, yeah. powerful. You see a man it is cry. fucking incredible. Cry when he reflects on parts of his life. Yeah. A strong man like that, then you have to realize that whatever was on him was no joke. Yeah, it's incredible. Right? That's a man who one Peace. time I went to his house and it was five, it was six limos and nobody would get out the limo. And I said, how come nobody's getting out the car? They said, <laughs> You gonna see that lion standing over there? Mike Tyson had a lion in his front yard. <laughs> like hangover style. That's the only man whose house I ever went over. There was a lion in the front yard, loose. Wow. And he was on the steps like this with a heavyweight belt. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> How come nobody wants to get out the car and play with my cat? He was like, oh no, man, God. no, that's not a cat. That's a lion. That's fucking real? Oh Mike Tyson had a lion. A male okay? lion or a female that's lion? That's awesome. With a mane, a lion in his front yard, loose. Holy shit. It was walking, it was off the leash, man. It was not in the cage, it was in, in the yard. Oh, my God. And then he came out and started wrestling with him. And all oh, that. my God. Damn, he lion. wrestled. How big was the lion? It was big, man. It was a lion, man. He was wrestling with a Came lion. Came over there and grabbed him and started tussling with him and all that. Jesus. And everybody was in the limousine. Because a lion could come up to a limousine and bust the window open and come in there. I'm sorry. Easy. He could just go like this, boof, and come right in there yeah. and just have lunch. So everybody was in the car. You couldn't back out because it was all like five limos. So everybody's in the car horrified thinking that Mike is getting ready to be eaten. By this lion, but that doesn't happen. He, just, he plays with him and he put, takes him in the back. That comes back out, and I was like, you know what? I'm never going to be around another man in life that's going to do that in front of me. <laughs> and, and you know what I'm saying? Because to me, he was Mike Tyson is not a lion tamer. You ever hear about Mike working in Vegas? No, he just tame lions. He had one in his front yard, man. Yeah, and he had other cats there too. Yeah. Bieber would never fuck? have a lion and it'd be like she chills all the way or something. The, boy, how come you guys left waiting my cats? Isn't that yeah, a, because we've seen Wild Kingdom, like Mike? We've seen him eat wildebeest. The Mike Tyson story is such a classic fucking story, too. Yeah, man. Goes from being poor to being intensely rich. Intensely rich. And the, the focus of attention of literally every person on the planet. When he was at his peak, right. man, in the late wow. 80s, God, wow. when he beat Michael Spinks. Crazy. Jesus Christ. I don't even think people when today, when he had people these kids today. Yeah. Iron Mike and his face was made of iron. That, that right. billboard. I don't remember the, that. The strongest billboard on Sunset. Really? It's an iron, it's an iron Mike. They're like his face was made of iron. It's just Mike's face. Awesome, awesome uh, billboard. The years, like the Bruce Seldon years, where Bruce Seldon, he didn't even, like, he missed him with a left hook and Seldon's knees buckled. <laughs> yeah. He got up and just said, What am I doing getting up? Like, he, knew, just, he knew better. Yeah. Oh, he knew better. All those yeah, guys. There he was is a no, destroyer. There, there's no fighter out there right now, I think, that has captured the attention since, since him. Not like him. Not like him since him. People don't understand. He was Michael Jackson. I'm going to tell you who would be captured if he was American, Pacquiao. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Pacquiao yeah. would be yeah. like that, but he's yeah. not. You know, he's well, like that over in the. In he the yeah. If you look at the, the the sheer numbers between how he was and Tyson was, he's probably right up there with Tyson right now, huh? Close, close. Okay, it's definitely. not the same. I, yeah, definitely close. Yeah. Hey, if, especially in 
Asia. I mean, forget that, he's, he's, he's a real Bruce Lee right now, man. In yeah. LA, in you LA. go to wild card boxing where where he trains. People sit out there and wait for him. They wait to find out what time Manny's going to be there. There's like a whole crowd wow. of people there. I did this thing with Daniel Tosh for uh, Tosh's TV show where Tosh gets punched in the head by mm. uh, Manny Pacquiao. What? He let Manny Pacquiao punch him. Pacquiao's very nice. He's very nice. He's just like barely tapping him. Like barely. And we had to do it a little harder to make it realistic so he could put a little pop into it. But it was nothing. It was very nice. Wow. But every business in that whole complex has Manny's pictures up and Manny's signed things and he's got mm-hmm. boxing gloves wow. on and pictures of him eating in this restaurant that's right there. And that's cool. Yeah, it's like there's a there's a he's, huge he's, he's like a super superstar. He's like a he's at he the is, peak. He deserves it, man. Oh yeah. And he's such a nice guy. Who do you think is going to win between uh, Ortiz and Mayweather? That's a good question. And I was going to bring that up when we were talking about Tyson because yeah. I was watching this thing on Victor Ortiz and he was talking about his childhood. I was watching it right before oh, he had he came a rough, over. man. He had a rough, baby. His mother, when he was 12 years rough. old, or his, when he was seven years old, or six or seven, his mother just left, just took off, never came back. So he's only raised by his dad, and his dad just beat the shit out of them, hit them with sticks, hit them with anything. And then when they were 12, his dad left. So it was him and his fucking brother, like wild dogs at 12 years old, taking care of themselves. Wow. Right. Scary wow. shit, man. Like, they, they, had, they had nothing. They had nothing. Real fun. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, to come from that, man, there's a certain amount of resolve that that kid's going to have that the average person is not going to have. But is that going to be enough to deal with Floyd motherfucking Mayweather, dude? Yeah, man. Because Floyd, right. you know. Floyd Mayweather is an artist. There's, you know, you love him or hate him for, like, his personality and the way he attracts fans and the way, you know, gets flamboyant and crazy. Skillfully. Forget all that. Skillfully. He's a fucking master boxer. Skills, he's a man. master. He's very rarely in any trouble. He gets hit. He can take a shot. Shane Mosley banged him. Shane Mosley would stop anybody else in the division with that yep. shot. It yeah. would stop. Well, he they wouldn't have been f- able to re- recover the way Mayweather did everything perfect. He tied yeah. him up. Yeah. He recovered, and then he, yeah. he took his time before he jumped back on him. And then yeah. he was, it was beautiful. Man. He's very, to do. very technical. You know? he's, he's, he's technically perfect. Like he's, he makes these little short movements and throws guys off, little quarter turns and shots from the from different angles that you expect. And he gets through where you you know he finds out where you're gonna step, and then he's waiting for you before you do it. He f- he sorts you out, man. Yeah, he's, he's a good. real. He's a real technical boxer. That's but, why I, I think what's going to happen with him and Ortiz is going the distance. It's going to be bloody. You think so? Yeah, Ortiz is not letting him beat him. He's coming to fight, man. He's going to have to get beat. Yeah. And uh, Mayweather, it's going to be a good fight for Mayweather. I think Mayweather's going to win, but he's going to have to beat Mayweather to beat him. He ain't going to be able to come in and have the night off. Right. That dude is the real deal. I get him props. He beat my friend Andre. That's a good friend of mine, Andre Berto. Uh, and, uh, that was a great fight. That was a great fight. But, but it showed me that this dude is no joke. No joke. Andre Berto, that shot he dropped him with, anybody else don't get up. Yeah. That guy got back up and then put him down. Yeah. Off right. of that. Uh-huh. So you, you, when I put you down, I wasn't even at 100%. I'm drunk when I do that. Right. You know? And not so many fighters can pull that trigger. Be on the ground like that and get up and put the other guy down. How often do you see that happen? He's a he's a definitely a blood and guts type fighter, you know. He yeah, he throws definitely. himself in a danger. So that's gonna be a good fight you know, for Mayweather. He, he had that one fight where he quit, and ever since that one fight, he's felt terrible about that. He was losing his fight, and he got dropped, and he just called the referee off and quit. And people really heavily criticized his heart. But what it was was 
he wasn't 100% focused on either his training or fighting itself or the consequences of losing or whatever the fuck it was. He came into a fight out of shape. And that's right, some right. shit that happens. That's some shit that young guys will do, man. They'll, they'll, they'll fuck up and they'll have a bad camp or they needed to learn something or they needed to be pushed and then broken to rebuild and come back again. Right. So mm-hmm. ever since that fight, he's been a fucking monster. That Berto fight was insane. Because I thought Berto was like the next challenger to Mayweather. I said like, this guy's so technical. And Berto is as well. But Berto got a fight uh, he's a coming sniper. up third. September 3rd. He got a fight coming up. He's a real accurate puncher too. That yeah. guy's a sniper. Yeah, he's you know, nice. he's yeah, he's he's a bad motherfucker. I thought he was going to be the next guy. And when Ortiz beat him, I was I was blown away. That kid's tough, and he's got he got a lot better. He got a lot better from that one fight. You could tell the one fight where he quit. From then on, his dedication has obviously been way way more focused. Way more, yeah, because yeah, now and now with the, with the way he won, it was the way he beat Berto. What that does for your confidence is. Mm. Yeah, that's that's it's gonna be what much more than if he would have just came in, stopped him early. Is that he had a grueling contest with this man, came out on top, you know? So that that really does a lot for you. For do you think? Well. Do you think that there's any way that Mayweather is gonna be rusty because he keeps taking these like year and a half breaks, two year breaks in between fights? Well, I think the reason why he's doing that is because his hands. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He lets his hands get a good good time between fights to heal up. He's older. You know what I'm saying? They break really easy, right? He's break. broken them a few, a lot of a few times. His hands. So he's preserving his hands, yeah. He's, but he still trains like a, like a dog. He's around the clock, he's training. You know, he, whether he's got a fight coming up or not, it's his lifestyle. So I don't think he's rusty at all. So you think he's just constantly they bring stays guys, home? They constantly bring him in. He whips guys' asses every week, man, like, whether he got a fight coming up or not. Really? Yeah. The guys, come on, come to the gym. Boom, light him up. He works out. He's always in shape. He doesn't get out. he doesn't get in shape during camp. He's already in, in shape when he gets there. You know, just fine showed tunes his, everything. You they know? showed his training camp. They showed him hitting the pads. Mm. It's ridiculous, man. No, nobody hits the pads like he does, too. And a, a lot of it is just combinations. And you just watch the fucking combinations. His arms don't get tired. Never, he's just relaxed and everything's flowing. Yeah, oh, it's ridiculous. Jump routine is insane. Well, he's a master. And he doesn't. Yeah, does it from a standing position? Yeah, he doesn't take much punishment, man. He's a guy who's been a boxer for a long time, and he looks perfect. Looks nothing wrong with him. He's got no scars. He's not busted up. And what is that, Mike Tyson? With Mike his Tyson lion? with his lion just wrestling around with it and stuff like that in the video. Oh, that's the. So that's you the know, I didn't make that up. Nineteen-year-old, twenty-year-old Mike Tyson right there. Let's look at this right here. That's the Mike Tyson. Who fucked that's the tiger. Oh my look. God! He's I got a fucking tiger. He has a lion too, bigger than that. But he had one. Oh my God. How could that end well? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't end well. If you, if you they, keep them long enough, it doesn't end well. They always kill you, right? Eventually, yeah. yeah. Come on, man. They can make a mistake. They might not even do it, do it on purpose, oh Joe. God. Yeah. Kill you by accident. Yeah, well, they isn't that what happened with Siegfried with you. and Roy? Yeah, they can play yes. with you and kill you. Siegfried and Roy, that guy got, he got killed by accident. Swap, like one little playful swap yeah. took off the side of his face. Yeah. Well, he didn't actually die, right? He um, he got, just got really He's badly, really badly up, wounded. Yeah. And what happened was the the uh, they think that the tiger got confused because yeah. a woman had feathers in her hair, like some crazy peacock feathers. And they think the tiger might have freaked out and thought that was an animal, so grabbed him to rescue him, mm. to pull him away from that. He wow. got Joan Rivered. 
So <laughs> the tiger looked at that feather thing and thought it was one of those fucking beasts from Avatar or something. He's <laughs> <laughs> just going to oh pop out God. of the audience. Who in the hell is that? <laughs> A man-eating toucan. Grabbed him by his neck and just dragged him off. Wow. Jesus Christ. Wow. What does that feel like when you hear your bones or your neck snapping and crackling? Inside the maw of I this fucking enormous beast. At that point, your brain is saying, this was a tiger. And right. you were in here with it. Right. That, that's when it's just reality is crashing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what the fuck was I right. thinking? What? Right, right. It's hard this for us tiger. to... It's hard for us to really wrap our heads around the fact that shit like that really exists. The tigers and bears and... Right. Did you hear about that lady in Russia that got eaten by a bear while she was calling her mother on the phone? <laughs> what? The fucking bears don't kill you, man. They just start eating you. That's one of the things about bears. They bear broke attacks. into a house and started eating it? No, they were hiking. Her and her stepfather were hiking, and they uh, killed her stepfather first. And she got to her cell phone, and she's calling the cell phone. She's calling her mother while this fucking bear is eating her leg. The bear is eating her leg, and wow. she's screaming and screaming. And the phone call, she called her like three times over a period of an hour while this bear was eating her alive. Where was this? You, you Russia. Get it on the internet? Can it was you, in Russia. Can you hear the audio online? Oh, Brian. Maybe don't want I no. missed the first part. No, there was a woman. There was a woman <laughs> who got eaten. She was caught. She kept calling her right. mother while she oh, was being eaten. I thought it was an audio no, clip. No, no. There's no yeah. audio clip, right? That would be the worst audio clip no, ever. No, but they found, they found the body. They found the dude dead. And uh, he, the bear was eating the guy when they got there. And the girl had... Uh, been, wow. She died from her injuries. And was it a Russian black bear? It was a Russian grizzly bear. Russian grizzly bear. I believe it was a grizzly this. bear. I think that's what this, the article I said, Mm-mm-mm. that I wrote, uh, said. But, you know, any kind of bear can kill you. How sad is people be going up in these areas with that's possible and don't have a gun with you? You know what I mean? Well, even if you have a gun, you better have a really big one. You got to bet a really big one if you see a grizzly bear. A regular gun might not be good enough. What about his mouth? Might not be good enough. So what? even if you bite me, I'm going to blow your teeth out. Yeah, maybe. See, you bite me after I put a full <laughs> fifth in your mouth. What about a koala bear? Blow up the roof of your mouth. Koala bears are vicious if you're I'll a female be, koala bear. I'll beat the crap out of a you koala will? bear. You fuck up a koala bear? It's, it's a, what is this? a fat cat. <laughs> <laughs> what would they you got do? sharp claws. Here's so the you. move. A koala bear is on the move. He's headed towards you. What's your first step? Kicking him. Drop kicking him. Drop like kicking him? Oh, yeah. You like a football. probably punt him. Yeah, he's short. Yeah, punt him. <laughs> Yeah, you'd have Punch to kick him. Right into right. a koala, right into a eucalyptus. And you gym. gotta hope that he doesn't somehow another time you lifting the foot up and just run right up your pants and I bite know. your dick. Yeah. And as you go yeah. to swing, you just it, a little off timing and he scurries you up your leg and Joe. right onto your dick. Because <laughs> they only eat eucalyptus. That's it? Yeah. That's all they eat, yeah. Hmm. But don't they got, I like, believe koala bears? Rape the fuck out of female koala bears. Oh, yeah. So they have to be strong. They have to have a good bite if they can pull that off. I, mean, I might have made that up. Aim for the balls. <laughs> I know. I just see how to rape. Tasmanian <laughs> devils. They're rapists. They're not real. The, Tasmanian, Tasmanian devils, devils was a, a, that's a real no, animal. That's a real it animal. did exist. It's yeah. a real animal. Yeah. It, it, it oh, no, exist. I'm thinking the Tasmanian tiger. Tasmanian oh, yeah. tiger did exist. Uh, it was in uh, Australia, but they went extinct. But the Tasmanian but, yeah. devil is a real animal. What is it? It's, it's, it looks like a little like like a rat family type thing. Yeah. yeah. They, yo, they, they, rape, they rape the female. That's how they breed. Body, rape. But rape. half they, of their body. Straight up rape, man. Half of their body is, is I think, like a, like a little bit over half of their body is jaw muscle. God damn. They're, they're, whole, they're, they're just basically a mouth walking around. And they fight from birth till death. 
Yeah. They fight Any when they other make love. They, they fight when they're it, born. They it, fight. They constantly. How fight. big are they? They're 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 big. Now that's something that would like get a hold of your foot when you try to kick yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't want to kick that. Whoa. Yeah, you wouldn't they're ugly, man. Oh my God! Look at the images, of this motherfucker. And they, yeah. they yell constantly. Holy like, shit! <laughs> That's sure like are. a crazy cartoon pedo bear face. Yeah, it's like vampire bears. Look at this thing. Look at this thing. It's like rat bears. Right, man. Look at that thing. Wow. They will fuck you up, too. Very angry. No joke. Well, if you look like that, you should be angry. That's one ugly animal. Yeah, th those little, there's like a, a few of these little type of crazy animals that scare the shit out of me. You know, of different species, like wolverines and like honey badgers and shit right, like right, that. Right. They scare the fuck out of me, man. Because they're only, they might only be like 15, 20 pounds, but they'll kill and you. They got a low center yeah. of gravity, man. They're like mm -hmm. the stingrays of the forest. Dude, they'll, <laughs> they'll kill you. A honey badger would kill a person. Just would need just need some time, yeah. I've never even seen now, any. Oh, you never listen, heard of a honey badger? You talk, oh about, my God. you talk about them in one hit, one sentence, but then you, you watch these uh, these shows about dogs, different breeds of dogs. There's a uh, it's a badger, the, the honey badger you're talking about. There's a terrier who specializes in him and killing the honey badger. But oh, they come oh. with like thirty of these dogs. He may kill like the first five. Jesus Christ! When they come, they go into his den. They go in there and oh bring him out. God, a Patterdale. What is the Patterdale Terrier? They go in. They go into his den and bring him out. Patterdale Terriers. No and he joke. may kill like the first four or five that come in there. But it's the, like a the other ones are not. They're not, they're not affected by the death of their comrades. He's, he's like, coming. That, that you know? he's like a real live Bruce Lee. Yeah. yeah, that honey badger. Yeah. All these dogs are coming in. He's just fucking them up left and right. They, they, but taking them out. Also, when they drag them out, they show the, the, the they label the honey badger. Drag them out. It's they amazing. say it's the most fearless animal on earth. That's what they say about the honey badger. Like, yeah, they don't give a fuck. And the all these videos, there's videos that <laughs> online that say honey badgers doesn't give a fuck, and it's like all these videos of honey badgers eating cobras, like uh -huh. chasing them, anything that's in front of them. They kill poison snakes all day. They're just wow. too fast. They just sneak up behind the snake, bite him in the head, and, and sometimes they get bit. They get hit by the venom, and you know what happens? They fall asleep, and they wake up an hour later, and then they eat the snake. Oh, he thought he was gonna kill me. He yes. blacked out from venom, and his, wow. his little crazy murderous body processed the venom, and he got up like he was drunk, and just started eating drunk? that snake again. Snake wow. bit him with its poison, and the poison didn't do shit but make him take a fucking nap. Wow. Mm. Honey badgers must be from Brooklyn. Right? <laughs> I could just imagine if they could talk, they'd have a Brooklyn accent. Honey badgers don't even speak, bro. There's no need for language in their th their thinking. They're no, thinking. They're, they're, there's no variables in their thinking. You don't need language. Yeah, I guess you don't. It's just fuck, kill, sleep. That's what the honey Sleep's badger. Point blank. Fart. Wake up. Do it again. You just realize how weak we are, man. We're so fleshy and tissue like just nothing. Did you see Planet of the Apes? Emo yeah, I see. Yeah, Planet we of the Apes, see man. It, man. Did you like it? <laughs> We laughed. You laughed? I thought it was funny. It was, it was, a, I like, it was. I went to see Planet of the Apes because I was like, I know it's going to be some material. I, I loved it. Movie. I loved uh, the, the, uh, the, the gas can scene. When he came up. Oh, right oh, up, oh, oh when, was he, when he let the girl out. When it was like yeah. some real prison stuff. Yeah. Was it me or was it Monkey doing a Levi's, uh, James commercial at the end of the movie, though? It, when he was the last, the very last branch. scene. When he was standing on the branch overlooking San Francisco, that pose he had, I was like, that's not a chimp pose, man. That's a man's pose. It's like he's selling some jeans or a shirt's dockers or something. The way he was standing there, he had his hand up. 
He was looking, gazing was down. Sexy. Yeah, sexy. Was looking sexy at, looking at, this, at the Golden Gate Bridge and all that. I was like, look at this shit, man. It tripped me out. <laughs> it was weird when it was sexy like, monkey. am I a pet? Sexy monkey. Yeah, yeah. am I a pet? Uh, yes, you're a monkey, motherfucker. But he wasn't. That was the whole thing. But he was. But he wasn't. <laughs> but he was a supercharged super monkey, man. He was a monkey smart as people. Yeah. He was the alien monkey. Yeah, he was. I, he I just, I'm down for any movie where chimps fuck people up. I love watching chimps. Yeah, really? I love the way they move, man. It's yeah. f- fucking shocking. When you, you, you ever watch any of those things where they would teach chimps how to sign their own names? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, they could teach them how to spell things, and when they would uh, spell it correctly, they would get candy. So they'd learn how to spell certain wow. things and point certain things out. And uh, this one chimp, they would let him into the cage. And the first thing they have to do is establish dominance. So as soon as you open this thing up, he's a big, fucking, fully grown, like, eight-year-old male. So he comes in and just starts fucking throwing himself through the air. He's like a buck sixty, a buck seventy, just hurls himself through the air, catches the cage, rattling the cage back and forth, hurls himself through the air, catching bars. And you just look at the strength that he displays. And you watch it happen. You you watch him throw his body around and just realize what he could do to you. And then, and then he sits down. And then he'll play with you. And then it was like, you know, he, he puts his things up, takes his candy, eats it. But he just wants to let you know what the fuck he could do. Yeah, if I, I'm if just I get letting out, you know, like, if I get tired me. of eating these sunflower seeds or candy or whatever, I could come over there and just smack you around. I thought Planet of the Apes was good. I didn't think it was that funny. I thought, thought it was funny. I liked it, man. I liked it. The gas can. Come on, man. It was pretty funny. That was, that, I loved that the was gorilla. Funny. The gorilla, he, he was smart. He let yeah. the big, he let the yeah. muscle out. Well, right there. Isn't heard, it funny? I heard Final Destination, that new uh, movie, has the best 3D yet. The, I some, ain't seen that stupid movie. For 3D to read. I do not want to see a movie where there's a bunch of people just dying. Yeah. It's creative. I never dying. got it with that movie. Yeah. Did you ever see the old ones, though? Like, like that, no. that highway scene where the semis are going like... I can like respect... Crazy car accident. It's pretty cool. It's I not can, like a fucking awesome movie, but it's a fun movie, I guess. Mm, no. I don't know. I don't have that it's, kind of free time. It's like the show A Thousand Ways to Die. It's, it's now I watch no, that no, show. No, 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 no. That show's kind of funny. I watch that show. funny. That show's hilarious. The problem with these Final Destination movies to me is like, oh, he's getting acupuncture. How's it going to be? Oh, now he's dead. I respect the special effects, but other than that, it's like, what, am I just watching a bunch of people die because of some stupid curse? This new one has a bridge that's collapsing, mm-hmm. like it's broken in the middle, and it's uh, during rush hour, and it's just like the car's skidding in, oh. and it's just all in 3D. Wow. So that part's cool. I'm sure. But you haven't seen it. I, that's what I've been told. Oh, okay. okay saying okay. it's like awesome 3D if you like that shit. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not into movies just for 3D. I saw Conan, and it wasn't 3D. The new How one? Was that? <sighs> the new one? It sucks. Of course, and it's it's awesome and it sucks at the same time because here's the deal: the dude is the perfect Conan. Like physically, the way he looks, he looks just like Conan. I mean, he could easily be Conan, like right out of the Robert E. Howard books. So you got that, and then you got. Did you hear my kids screaming in the background? Yeah, I need a studio. This is ridiculous. Look out there! It's like an echo, though. Throw some man shit down. Hey, they run that. Stay in the house, man. Don't anyway, the dude um, was... <laughs> we're just kidding, folks. Don't get crazy out there. Um, the uh, the books uh, were... It was, it was, but it had no story. It was, like the, it was like it was awesome in the beginning when he was a kid. He was a badass kid killing everybody, and it was awesome. And then it got lame, and then it got awesome again. There was a couple fights. It was pretty awesome. And then it got lame again. 
It was like awesome and lame. But they needed somebody while they were making that movie to be in the room with them going, what? What? No. You're going to do what? No. They need a company that does that. I want to be that company. I we should totally like have that. Me and my five friends be like, that's so dumb. Why would you ever do that? You know, Dude, This is so fake. I could fix Conan. All I would need is a three-day weekend and a lot of weed. And some buddies that like those kind of movies, and you can right. fucking figure that out. You can yeah. figure out a way to We're end that. We're going to smoke a bowl and yeah. take over yeah. another army. Yeah. <laughs> that was the other problem. This dude sounded way too California. He was like, there was times like in deep battle, he was a great Conan. Right. When he was fighting things and killing and, and yelling and screaming, he was a great Conan. But then he was sitting down and talking. It was like, all right, dude, you need to work on your Conan voice because this shit, you, <laughs> sound, you just sound like some dude I would meet at Target. You know, yeah. it doesn't sound like. Like someone wow. who came from that era at all. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. That's like, okay, thanks for crashing me back into reality. And Conan this, is Arnold Schwarzenegger, point blank. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be hard to beat, it's gonna be hard to beat that, man. Conan's voice sounds like this. I it's going to be hard to beat that, man. The performance he put down, was, he like, captured it, man. Well, he showed a certain intensity, you know. I mean, Arnold had, you know, first of all, nobody's built like Arnold. You right. know? And he, they're all going to look weak compared to how he looked when he was flinging around the sword. You know, you just don't, you don't get a dude who's built like that. So I you, would see a remake with him now, would you? Now? Now, if he he spent like a good hour prep for it. An hour prep? Yeah. Or, I mean, I'm a year tell you prep. Something. Oh. If, if, he, if, he, if he went back to the gym, he probably could pull it off. Schwarzenegger pulled off that last racket. I mean, uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone Sylvester Stallone pulled that last racket Yeah, but Sylvester Stallone never really let himself go. Arnold has clearly let himself go. This picture's it. And he had a heart problem, too, right? Didn't he have a heart surgery? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah he probably well, can't juice up anymore. His body probably point, can't take Sylvester it. At this point, Sylvester Stallone's, the next movie he's going to make is it Mrs. Doubtfire. Sylvester Stallone? You mean Schwarzenegger? Not, no, Schwarzenegger, yeah. You have me confused Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. This yeah, is the way yeah. I can see my kid. He's a fascinating guy, isn't he? Wow. The guy just bangs his maid and just shooting loads into his maid while he's the mayor. For or years. Governor, rather. Yeah. For 10 years, right? Yeah, a decade. He's just too raw. A decade of... Just be quiet about this. Is the cock banging her all day this at son, work. This is the way you get to razor on here. The governor loves you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so weird, man. Weird. Imagine that poor kid has to grow up knowing that you know the governor was just banging his mom, and he had a, a real dad that he grew up with, but it wasn't really his dad. Right. He looks just like Arnold. That's got to be a mind it's fucking a like half, him. man. But where's she getting the bodybuilding? Take advantage of that. You got the same genes, man. Yeah, you got the same. Go genes. hard. Now that you know that who your father is, better get get down and go to the gym. Because he has a different mother, he does. He's not entitled to all that cash. It's a totally different situation, right? He gets well, he, gets, he mean, gets taken care of. Yeah, he well, the, he, she has to. Yeah, he has to pay child support. But I bet the the kid's probably not in the will and all that good stuff. Oh yes, he oh, is. Yeah. He can get in the will. Think so? He can get in the will. I think he was so. one of his offspring, hey, man. It's like this. At this point, that kid can look at it as half empty or half full. You're halfway in there, kid. <laughs> halfway in. There. You're halfway in there. You can make it work. So it's a fascinating above. thing, man. I wonder how many kids Kennedy had on the side and nobody knew about him. But 77. You know, think about back in those days, man. They didn't have as many abortions. They would just, oh, yeah. a woman would go live with her mom. I'm going to to live in Worcester. Worcester? Worcester. <laughs> That's when you know this fucking podcast has fallen off. <laughs> we can't even come up with a good comedy name for where this chick's living. <laughs> we, were, we were, we peaked with that. 
the honey badger, and that was it. The honey badger. Charlie's checking his Twitter. We're all falling asleep. Nah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm just making sure that I'm not in trouble. It's almost nap time, strong. Joe. It's, it's, it's almost 8 p.m. We're going. Listen, man. We're going to that. Uh, what's the name of that, that club? We're going to hit the tonight. Uh, yeah, 1616. What's that? It's a club in downtown LA. It's, uh, we're going to hit that. It's, it's a 1616. You doing comedy tonight? Street. Yeah. Yeah, that's where you're doing it at this place. Yeah, we're going down there. That's what we, I, I, we started talking about it earlier, but we got off the subject. I was talking about how you. I mean, we're here for six weeks, so that's why every week we go do the Laugh Factory, do, going, getting ready to go downtown. I don't just sit back and go, okay, I'm doing a TV show, I'm making money. Uh, I'll do comedy when it's over, because I know that the comedy is gonna suffer. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you take uh, eight weeks off and don't do no stand up. So, There's no way when you go back eight weeks later, your next show is going to be as good as your last one. You know what I mean? It's true. Yeah, it's There's true. no way. It's going to be, you know, you got to get it, get all your, your feet back up under you again. I, and so to, 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 to How many sets does it take that. you to get your feet back under you? One. Takes one. One, yeah, one. one good one. If I stay off the, off the stage for like two weeks. I never uh-huh. really stayed off more than two weeks. So. Right. You know, I took a month yeah. off once. That was the longest I ever took off. It's a weird feeling, right? It's weird. Real, you feel horrified. As a mm. matter of fact, I went, last night we, when I went on at the Laugh Factory, that was the first time for me in three weeks. And I told him on the way down, and I was like, yo, man, I can't believe how much anxiety I feel right now. I feel like like I'm really scared right now. Like, like I feel like I might get down there and go, I'm not going up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I, of course I went up, but that feeling was, in, was there, man, from just not going up. You know, for three weeks, man. Yeah, that's the number one enemy of comedy. The you know, worry, that worry, feeling. the worry. You know, like especially a, if you go uh, when, when we went in, when we when we went to the last fa- last factory the week before that, and seen three dynamite guys come in and blow it up. You know, and I had I was taking that week off, so when I came back the next week, I'm like, you going up? But you seen the dudes that come through here? There's not no slouches in here, man. You know what I'm saying? For the most part, you don't want to come up with the big. Uh, it's Charlie Murphy. And then you know you you, you ain't you ain't you. Do you, worry, you worry about that a lot? Do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, 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 definitely. So like, definitely. especially coming into the game late with a very very famous brother too. It's a lot. Right. Of pressure. I, I, you know, I don't want nobody to come say, "Oh, we not seen him and he was he was nothing." You know, I want you to say, "I seen him and he, you know, the dude is, is working at his craft. You know, he, he's he's going hard at it. I can see the work he puts in it, and he's funny." So I. The only way I can try to, you know, have any play in that is to put the work in. I can't force you to like me, but I can work hard, you know. But you're enjoying it too, right? I'm loving it, man. I'm loving it. Yeah. You're, you're I'm loving, I'm loving it being a part of the community of comedians and everything. The whole experience, you know, is uh, it's great, you know. That is a big part of it. And, and the community, the people yeah. that you meet, you know, it, in, in my opinion, you, I, there are no dumb comedians. You know, to be a comedian, you have to have a certain level of intelligence. There's very few comedians that I would go, that's a dumb guy, you know. Pretty smart people that you meet, you know, and, and they, yeah. they look they look at things as interesting, you know. Yeah, well, they uh, if they're good especially, you know, if they're bad, you could have a real issue. I know? seen a real smart, this, <laughs> I mean, this, what was that guy's name from South Africa the other day? Ah, uh, wow, I don't Trevor. remember. Trevor something, yeah. Smart. This kid's from smart, South Africa. Man. He's yeah. a very smart guy. Real smart, funny man. stuff. Yeah. Smart. Like I love comedians like that. You know not, what I'm to, not taking his material, but he said this. He said, "You know, I'm, I'm, I flew 20 hours here from South Africa. I really had a hard time, and 
I did my research and I didn't want to offend anyone. I, I found this this one organization called the Ku Klux Klan, very racist organization, and, and it just baffled me that Ku Klux Klan actually means circle of brothers. <laughs> to be someone that hates black people, why would you call yourself the circle of brothers? <laughs> that was funny. He, what he is broke his the name? whole name his, down. His name is Trevor something. I forgot. Some Trevor something. He broke down oh, what, shit. what uh, uh, Klux Klan meant. He broke that part down of it. He, he made it into a very funny joke. Man. Uh, it was real, real very bright. funny. He was talking about African Americans. He said, "He said even though they're not real Africans, right. it, 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 no one ever pointed that out before." That's <laughs> he funny. Was born here, you know what I'm saying? Because he's from Africa, right? So when he came and said that, it was hilarious. And yeah, he said, no, "I was I was watching all these films and trying to get all my black lingo." Like, yo, B, what up? Yeah. Man? <laughs> just, and then the minute I got off the plane, everyone thought that I was a Mexican because <laughs> he's hilarious. He's man. like he's, he's like really a light skinned like, uh, South African dude. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, the dude is great, man. He, he's, he's good dude. I like His name is Trevor. Smart comedians, man. You know, guys that actually took the time to think about what they're getting ready. Well, I think people are, in different countries are being exposed to stand up they were never exposed to before the internet, too. Right. You know, your stand up was pretty much what your culture was like. The English people had their own sense of humor, the Americans, different cities, we had our own di different sense of humor. But now, because of the internet, everyone's sense of humor gets distributed worldwide. Right. So right. people get influenced by all sorts of different artists from all over the place. I'm going to tell you the one thing that I remember about you. It was when you used to do the Anna Nicole Smith stuff. <laughs> but the thing I remember is I never knew who she was before I heard your joke. Before I heard your comedy on her, oh, really? I heard your comedy and went and sought this chick out. Oh, that's funny. You didn't know the whole story? I didn't know anything about it. You know, I was just, that was way back in the day. You know, you had right. the whole, come on, baby, more, give me more. Yeah. Oh, dude. Damn, that was and it was like, who is he talking about? Uh, what a stripper married a billionaire what yeah there was no internet back then there was no internet we yeah. had to come get it from the horse's mouth you know? that story was so awesome I mean I, there was a hundred different comedians that had bits on that you couldn't well, pass it yours up yours was yeah yours was classic thanks man it was fun well when something like that comes along for a comedian for more you know some people go oh the world's falling apart Comedian looks at something like that and goes, "Oh yeah, look what I got here! Exactly, <laughs> I just why, found some money." That's why I wanted to go see Planet of the Apes. I was like, "I know I'm getting a bit out of it." Yeah, you yeah, can't go though thinking that way. You got to go and just enjoy I didn't it. Get nothing out of it. I was like, "There you go, man." You could have just smoked up and had a good fucking time, like I did. <laughs> well, there'll be another movie to come along. They, they, oh, they always, they always write one. They always write one where I sit down and watch it. Go, okay. Yeah, I could do gave it myself. Me Ten minutes. Thank you very much. I couldn't uh, make a movie myself, but I'm fucking very critical. Uh, yeah. You know, there's a lot of movies that just bore the shit out of me. It's just, I can't do it myself. I, I just do finished it writing better. one. Yeah? I hope, I hope that's not boring to people. You know, I wrote it for Paramount. It's about, uh, it's, the movie is about, uh, a, 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 it's like a slasher movie, but it's a comedy. It's yeah. a dark comedy about uh, 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 these two guys that used to be pimps, right? It establishes them as pimps in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> And they get out of the pimping game because there's some gangster dudes that come to, come to town and take over the whole industry. Every the industry, the pimp industry, pimping, gambling, whatever you're doing. These guys are gangsters. They take over the whole shit. So how so they do Two this? pimps quit, quit, quit pimping. But then before they do it, they set these two guys up, and these two guys get locked up. They get a life sentence. They set the two guys up and they rob them for one million dollars. This takes place like in '79 when. A million dollars seemed like it would last forever. 
and, and then give that speech. This is the big one, bro. A cool <laughs> million. This is enough money for my kids and my kids, kids, kids. It's <laughs> a million dollars. And there's two guys getting it, right? So they, they, they set the guys up. They get the money. The guys go to jail. 25, 30 years later, these guys get out. Because life is only 25 years. Now, the other two guys are totally not street. They haven't been street for 30 years. They, they're regular guys. These dudes been in prison. They was hard when they went to prison. They came out even worse. And they figure out that these guys did what they did. They're looking for them. They want their money back. And these guys have to pretend that, that they're something. Like, pretend that they're, you know, juice standing weird. You really don't want to bother us because we could kill you. I know you're tough and all that, but you've been in jail. You don't know what's going on out here now. I, we run this. But it's all an act. And the guys that are with them are actors from an acting school. And they fool these guys very briefly in the movie, but when they realize that it was a trick, they go back to the acting school, <laughs> beat up all the actors, find out <clears throat> who told, you know, who, what the whole plot was, how you, what the plan was that you used to trick us, now they're after those guys. Now, while all this is happening, there's a stalker in the movie, a <coughs> serial killer that kills only pimps. <laughs> it's called the Pimp Stalker. So from the beginning of the movie all the way to the end, while this story is unfolding with these two guys that stole his money and they basically are trying to find a way to give the money back without getting killed. It's like, like in that movie, uh, uh, Which Way Is Up with uh, Bill Cosby and uh, Sidney Poitier. That type of thing. We did a flim flam. We want to find our way out of it, give you your money back, get out of it. While they're trying to do this, there's a pimp stalker killing pimps. The cops think that the two guys that are after them are the pimp stalkers, but he's not. They're not. You're telling the whole movie. I'm yeah, telling the whole movie. Brian. I'm loving it, man. Yeah. Brian, right, I'm, I'm gonna know. I'm gonna quiz you yeah. on the plot. Yeah. Qu- quiz him on the plot. All right. Okay. So so there's this serial killer dude. He hates pimps. He okay. wants to murder them all. Okay. And then, right. and then there's right. this uh, right. group of pimps that are ruling the city, but these other groups of guys came in. So someone goes to jail for something? Huh? Pimp. Two, yeah, yeah. Two gangsters go to jail. Yeah. How's twenty five years life? That's life. That's, that's life, life nowadays. When you get when you get life years is a life sentence. If, 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 I say, says, if I give you life in prison, that's twenty five years. Really? Yeah. So after twenty five years, you can get out. Get out. Yeah. That's crazy. Now so sometimes it's life, life without parole. That's what they have to say. Life without parole. They say yeah. life, you can get out. Wow. So these guys get out. You know what I'm saying? And, and they're after these two dudes who are now like soccer dads with big guts. One dude works at the church. You know, you know, he's, they're, they're not street people anymore, and they're forced to go back into the world that they snuck away from, to pretend, you know, for a little while, but it doesn't work. They get caught, the guys want their money back. It's all, you know, I don't want to get too deep in there, but probably already did. <laughs> the shit is funny, man. Did you write your book also, or do you write a yeah, lot? Yeah, I wrote my book too, yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, your book's about you now, getting, getting into I comedy, say, right? I'm a better writer than I am a pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That? I'm a better writer than I am a pitcher. <laughs> I just am. You know, if you, you, if you read that? the script, you would understand it a whole lot better than me sitting here I know, trying to you know what the problem capitalize with, it to you in, in the problem with telling the script seconds. Yeah. You start and then you got to keep going because then you got to explain. There's so what, much things yeah. happening. Yeah. You got a lot of shit going yeah, on. A lot of shit. And going it's hard on. to pay attention to all that shit without unless special effects. You got to show me some shit. Unless you're looking at it. Unless you're looking at it. You got to show me some shit. There's a lot of shit going on in the movie. The movie's funny. The only thing that may change about the movie is the, the title because the word pimps again. I'm like, 
I think I could come up with something better than that. The movie is not, I don't want people to think the movie is, you come to see a movie about pimps because that's not what it's about. Right. The movie is about these two guys that went straight and that element is trying to draw them back. Charlie Murphy, what we need is a goddamn TV show following you around and talking. Well, about I got something need. like that I'm doing with Terry Crews, man, called uh, My, My Bad. We're going to get that? a deal with the bio channel. And it's going to be me and Terry Crews. The, the pilot is me doing, you know, telling you a story about something that I did to a person years ago that was fucked up, you know? And then I do a reenactment of what I did to the person. And then I go back and find the person and I give them their money back. Here's them, my idea. Remember for that Charlie time when Murphy you got show? robbed back in 74 and you thought that bop, 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 and you thought that I was with you? Well, I set you up to be robbed. And it, it was all of that, you know? And I give the guy his money back. And I'm apologizing. So what we're going to do on the bio channel is everyone has something. Maybe not as extreme as me, but something that you did to somebody in your past that you wouldn't mind apologizing for. Saying, hey, you know what? I did blah, 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 and I'm sorry. And we're going to use all celebrities. Every celebrity got somebody that they did something fucked up to. Who'd you do something fucked up to, Joe? I'm trying to think why you're saying that. That you would like to, that you never apologize, but you wouldn't mind apologizing now. Maybe Peter Chin. Oh, I did keep him from hosting one day. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. Mitzi was doing that shit as a joke. It was yeah. like when Chris McGuire was uh, auditioning for Mitzi. Yeah, and okay. uh, and Mitzi thinks it's funny to let uh, Peter Chen host the open mic night. Uh-huh. It's fucking brutal, man. It's wrong. I mean, <laughs> something's wrong with Peter Chen. And he That's was, funny. And he would... Uh, it was almost like a parody of like the worst comic ever. Like you know, right. like tell, explain, like explain Peter Chen. Peter Chen is a he was a nice guy off stage, but there's something it, wrong. It, yeah, it, there was something wrong because his comedy was so bad that, that you would you would you would sit in the audience and literally start hating him. <laughs> you would you know comedy com- was aggressively bad. Mm. He was aggressively bad. Like, you would be like, why, why is he, how dare this idiot? You know, and he had, a, he had, um, he like, he, he, he over accented uh, his accent. That wasn't even a real accent. Oh, his, his, his uh, well, he, he had took, a bad, he took a broken English. The, uh, yeah. The uh, funny thing happened on the way to uh, Seven Reven. Uh, <laughs> it's like, yo, what are, what are you doing? Wasn't he part of Don Barris's uh, yeah, Looney Tunes the, thing the that Barris used to do? What is that? What do you used to call it, Brian? Ding Dong Show? The Ding Dong, the Ding show, Dong yeah. show, yeah. He would have these all these the worst comedians possible in the country. Like, misfits. Yeah. Comedy misfits. Crazy people. And Comedy misfits. Together, yeah. a Ding Dong it. show, yeah. He's, you know, he's got amazing tolerance. You know, and he would always be hanging around with these cats, these these characters. Yeah, and these these dudes. So if there's anybody that I would apologize, maybe to that guy, because I did bump him one night at the comedy store. But I did it for and my it, friend. It doesn't have to be an, another. I mean, it doesn't have to be another entertainer. It could be anyone. Okay, yeah. somebody you did something to in fifth grade. Look, or, I think it's a great you know idea. What I'm saying? That's a great so idea. It's gonna be on the bio channel. But, it's gonna be me and Terry going, you know, with different people. That and the, the part where I come in is the reenactment. We're gonna always make the reenactment comedy. You know? I think it's a great idea, but I think the world is being starved from a Charlie Murphy TV show. That's what I'm saying. Somebody well, needs to follow you we around. Got, we got that. We got that, and we also got the other show I'm doing. And I think the, my, we a running theme is going to be Rich falling asleep. What? <laughs> <laughs> so he wears sunglasses. We had the, 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 the whole digital thing we get ready to build up. You know, where, where there is going to be a camera. The whole digital you know. thing? 
Yeah, we get ready. Only to a man such as Charlie Murphy can get away with saying that. You know, the whole digital thing. The whole digital gonna, thing that's going on right now. You're yeah, building you know, that up. You're building my whole digital de- department up. You know what Why don't you start a podcast? I am. That's all in, in the making. Come on. Joe, Joe, that's all in the makings. But I only could do one thing at a time. And what I was focusing on this year was writing that movie I just finished writing and, you know, getting ready to do the TV show. I mean, we, we're doing 20 episodes over the next six weeks. Wow. So, you know, I'm, getting, I'm focusing on those two things. And once that's done, boom, then it's on to the next, the, the next area. I'm not, I'm not. I don't sit back on my hunches at all. Definitely bro. not. You got DVDs, books, movies, everything. Like you, you go to your website. Everything but a wife, man. You yeah, know? exactly. I keep working hard. I'll have one eventually. You know. It's, it's got to be hard to to marry after uh, your wife dies. What does it feel it's like? It's not gonna be hard to marry. No. It's hard to be single. Right. Being single sucks, man. Doesn't. Especially if you got kids, because, like, I have to sneak to have sex, man. Right. Now, come on, man. You go through that when you're in high school, <laughs> but if you if you if you're a person that you're married to happens to pass away or whatever, you can't bring chicks around and bone them. Right, the kids, you can't do that, man. Especially not being loud. Are you loud? You can't slip. You can't sneak them up to the room or any of that. Because when they come in, if you have a daughter, she's gonna go, "Hey, who who is that?" And so my daughter got, and she goes right over to the person and starts monopolizing so, them. Who are you? Who are you? What are you doing here? And, and she makes sure. So are you having a sleepover? And, no, she's not. And I, you know, so you have to wow. sneak. Yeah, man. Being single, you know, after you were married for years is whack. Wow. You know? I'm, I was married for years, so I, I want to be, you know, the lifestyle. You know, my wife is gone, but the lifestyle. Yeah, I miss that, man. Definitely. Being wow. single sucks, man. Single chicks don't cook for you. You don't want them to cook for you. You don't even trust them. Especially if they suggest to you, would you like some spaghetti? No, 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 no. no spaghetti. Are you okay? Are you, are you okay? No, no. <laughs> you know, you got to be married to trust them to, you know, enjoy those things. Well, so. it's also got to be hard when you're on the road. You know, you're on the road constantly. It's hard to spend time with someone to get to know them unless you take right. them with you. Right, And you can't take somebody with you. They can't. Right. They have they their own life go. going on. And if you say, come with me, you're basically saying, quit your job. And I'm not telling no one to quit yeah. their job. Yeah, quit your job and come with me. Oh right. no, I'm not doing that. So yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's hard, man. Especially when you barely know them, you know, because that's really what it is. Until you live with someone, you don't really don't know them that well. That's true. You do, but you don't. You don't. You don't see that's them right. all until you day. live with them. That's the key part, yeah. and that's when they get to know and you. I'm not talking yeah. about yeah. A, a year of living with someone. I mean, yeah, living with someone. You gotta yeah. get, you gotta say at least three years, because something's gonna happen. Three years is a good time. For some real BS at some point. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. You get to know the person, man. So you know that's that's like my that's the paradox of my life right now. You know, people will look and go. He's everyone likes him. He's doing great in his his business and his show business and blah blah blah. Yes, that's good, but that's not real life. That's a job. My real life is my family. My real life is when you come home at night and lights go off. You're on stage, and that's the part where. There's, you know, there's a big hole because my wife is gone, and it's not as simple as one would think. Oh, it's harder than it's harder than you would think as far as find somebody to to, to fill in that, in that area. Of course, there's hard. plenty of people that say, "Oh, I would do it. I'll come to, and be," but it's not the person you want. You have in to be fact, very careful who you have around your children. Yeah, man, I, I want to slap a few of these chicks. I'll, I'll, I'll move in with you and take care of your children. Really, you will. You. you a horror a horror 
What are you guys? What's that? A whore. Oh, okay. Uh, the yeah. woman who is at the best of I just got confused horror. by the accent. I thought it was an inside horror. joke that I was missing out on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, yeah. That's, um, that's a yeah, tough man, situation. A tough, I feel man. for you, brother. While you're actually touring as a comedian, that's got to be really hard. Yeah, Nick Francis, I got my kids with me out here right now. I got my son. Son's in your living room right now. Yeah. I got my kids out here with me right now. And, you know, school's getting ready to start. So they're going to be with me till September like 6th, taking them back home, hanging out with them that week school starts. And then, you know, that, that Where's final back home? week I got to New Jersey. I still live in New Jersey. You still live in New Jersey? Really? And Pennsylvania, too. But Which is in Philly last weekend. Man, yeah, I live in Avid House in Strasburg. You know, but I'm just saying, once that goes back into effect, I'm still going to be coming. I got to come back out here to work on the show. I got to go to Europe. I got to go to Cuba. It's the, it's the job I have, so I can't complain. About it. I'm glad I have the job, but that's the part of it that the fact that their mother's not here that makes it really rough. Yeah, I would imagine. If I was leaving you with your moms, I wouldn't even. I'd be like, yeah, let's go. Right. But I'm not leaving with you with your moms. I'm leaving you with nannies. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because my whole family lives out here on the West Coast or whatever. And because I'm not the kind of person that you know leans on people like that. I, I, I appreciate your help, but I'm not asking for it. And if you don't offer it, I'm, I'm not going to complain about it. I do it myself. And that's how I raise my kids. You know what I'm saying? I, I pay my nannies. I don't ask nobody to help me out. I do what I got to do. But at the same time, there's a feeling that goes along with that, and it don't feel good. You know? As, do you do, like, video conferencing with your kids? Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah, try yeah, to do, do as that. much as possible? I got, I got Skype and all that, but that's good. Yeah. You know, the same. My they kids want... are young, man. I got a five-year-old daughter, you know? And I just don't want... <laughs> This, the thing you do to, to support them be the thing that, that uh, uh, disables them. Right. You know, like when they grow up and, yeah, my father was never home. He was always working and blah, blah, blah. And right. that's the reason why, I, you know, right. my life went this way. That, right. that, that's my fear, you know. Right. I work with that one constantly, you know. That's the, the fear of every father. How much time can you spend in doing what you want to do for a living? To mold your kids, man, because if you don't do yeah. it. He's getting molded. The yep. world's gonna mold him. Whatever you yep. don't teach him, he's gonna learn from somewhere else. Yep. You know, and it may be you know warped sense of uh, like me, for instance. When I was growing up, you know, my dad was always at work, always. He was, I was seeing one day a week, Saturday, and usually that wasn't to, be, to you know to be nasty. That's when you was getting your ass whipped for what you did during during the week. You know what I'm saying? That's when you dad showed up to whip your ass on Saturday. As a result. When I grew up and became a man, when it came time for me to deal with women, I learned how to deal with women by listening to guys that were in the street, bums, guys named T-Bone and Slick and Big Willie and whatever. And because of that, the first couple of relationships I had with women, I, I, I was an abusive dude, man. I, I would think, the, think the, what, you talking back to me? The answer is I'm supposed to hit you because that's what Slick told me. That's not what you're supposed to do. If your dad is there to teach you that, you know better. But if you don't grow up with that around, you grow up with something else, because you're going to be seeking the knowledge, you go, out, you go out and do the wrong thing, you know? So that's what I think about with my kids, that I want to, you want to be there to make sure you're there to d deliver all the lessons they need. But then when you go, half my team is gone. And there's nothing I can do about that. It makes it real scary. Especially when you start looking at, well, all the people who are talking about they want to be the replacement. You go, hey, must be out of your mind. You think I'm gonna bring you, bring you around? I mean, 
Our relationship is fine over here. What do you think I'm going to bring you? I think we found the show. Mm. This is the, the show. What's this the show? Is, the show is do, do a sitcom on what's really fucking going on in your life, man. Well, that's why, that's why the, the show I'm doing is... About the adopted son. Exactly. It's me dealing with my kids, that. man. Right. My, and I'm, I'm single. I'm going to have the same you know, challenges as I have in my real life, and I can definitely bring it. Uh, 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 experience. Do you to, bring your kids on the road with you ever? Do you ever bring? Uh, I have done it, but my kids don't. Kids don't like to uh, be at work with you, right? You know, for, for no longer than five minutes, right? When they get there, they check it out. But okay, now where's the toys at? Where's my world? Right, right, you right. Know, where's the kitty things at? So they, they have, I had my kids with me on the road when their mom, mom was alive, but since she's passed away, I haven't had them with me because I'm a horrible. Uh, uh, Fun buddy for a kid. <laughs> we go to Seattle. Oh, let's go. Let's go check out the. And I'll be in the room going. Well, if I go there, um, I'm gonna have to sign autographs um, and take pictures. I'm not gonna be able to do it with the way you guys. So, and it's gonna, it's gonna. You don't go to just like go to Disneyland. I have to go on certain days, man. You know what I'm saying? I don't go when it's when it's peak. You know, everybody's there because then I become goofy or. Or, or, or Mickey Mouse, you know what I'm saying, to the other people who, who came there on vacation. You know, like the other day we were staying on a vine, on 1717 Vine Street. It's a hotel called the Redberry, right? It's right on the Walk of Fame and all that. My kids are in the hotel looking at the balcony. We want to go for a walk. And I was like, okay, you can go for a walk with the nanny. There's no way I'm going to walk on a Walk of Fame in broad daylight with my kids. And I know that that's a tourist attraction. There's people on buses. You know, driving around, they have the tour buses driving around on, on star searches or what have you. And for, if you're from Kansas or wherever you may be from and you go to Hollywood and you see someone you've seen on television, what are you going to do? You're going to go crazy, and you should. So that's why I was like, you better stay in your room. Because if you go down there with your kids, it's not going to be... Have you ever thought about, like, disguises, like blonde wigs? Absolutely not. I refuse. I refuse. I refuse. Well, I mean, that's just not out yeah. the blue. That actually happened on, on the St. Wig? Patrick's Day Parade in New St. York. St. Patrick's Day Parade, uh, a week before that, it was a, uh, a blackout in my town. I had lost power in my house for, like, a week. staying in New York at the London Hotel. So St. Patrick's Day was during that week. I, I wasn't. You know, I'm not Irish, even though my name is Murphy. I don't. Be, I don't be aware of when St. Patrick's Day is coming up. You know. So it my just last happened. name is Rogan, and I yeah. don't know when it's coming up. I walked outside with you know my two kids, and we was walking around Manhattan, supposedly going to walk over to Central Park, and I see all the hoopla on Fifth Avenue. And I'm like, that's oh, it's St. Patrick's Day. Do you kids want to go to the St. Patrick's Day parade? They was like, yeah, Daddy, because they had never been. I walked them, it's just me and my two kids, man. I walked them up to the crowd, put my daughter on my shoulder, and we're watching the parade, and I heard somebody go, yo, that's Charlie Murphy. Yo, that's Charlie Murphy! Then it started from this side, the left and the right, and then you, you see the people looking at you, and they're coming forward, and my daughter started screaming, man, because it was a lot of people, and they had us pressed on the wall of the building. Charlie yeah. Murphy! Screaming and my daughter's screaming, you know, and from fear, man. I'm holding my son's arm, and I had to just turn into like a, a animal, man. Get the f out of here! And just just push through the crowd and wow. run with my kids, man. And, and as I'm doing it, I'm going, "You're an idiot. What made you think that you could stand on Fifth Avenue in in broad daylight 
on St. Patrick's Day in a crowd with your children, and that was a safe thing to do. But I forgot for that one split second what I do for a living. It came, you know what I'm saying? It came back to bite me in the ass. Blonde wig, that's what I would do. I would never dress like a furry. About, no one would this bother This is why you. you never wear a disguise. Be a furry. Because you're not fooling anyone. They look over there and go, that's yeah. so-and-so with a disguise on. Yeah. I could be a furry and you would never know. Yeah, that's Joe Rogan a, over a there. fox. Yeah. I'd be a fox. That's what I would be. Yeah, I was going to be a furry. If I was going to be a mascot, tiger. one of those dudes wandering around. I don't mind people coming up to me, you know, if I'm, a, I'm not with my kids. It's part of it. But when you're with your children... It's different. You know, you're thinking about their safety or whatever, especially in a crowd situation. And then when you have somebody that's really not acting like an adult, mm-hmm. jumping around and screaming loud, that's horrifying to a kid, man. Right. You know. So, yeah, I'm really, I'm real sensitive about that. You know, which I should be. I'm a parent. I guess any any parent would be. You don't see somebody scaring shit at your children. No, of course. You I'm know? sensitive about that too. You gotta, you gotta be careful. But I go everywhere. I just go places. You know. I, people most most of the time people leave me alone, and when people say hi, they're usually pretty nice. And when I'm with my kids, very rarely do they ask for pictures. And, and I just say, hey, man, come on, man, and, I got my kids here. And luckily, you could pretty much take care of business if you have to. Like take Louis C. K., Louis C.K. had an episode last week about the same thing happening, where he was out with his kids, and these two guys came up and started like, "Yeah, we're gonna get you," you know, like get his kids and stuff like that. It was fucking scary. Oh wow! And it, it but you know, Louis. Is not a big guy, and these guys were like big in the show and stuff. But that's too, uh, scary because people. And then I had that thing where you know the way most people came to know me, the way my na- name was pronounced to them as a scream is the way they say it back. Right. Okay. You're not screaming just because they're excited. That's the way Charlie Murphy. The way you're supposed to say it, Charlie Murphy. That's just how you're supposed to say it. So when you got ten people doing it from different directions, and you're holding your kid, who who doesn't even you know. Understand any of the dynamics of that. It's gonna scare the shit out your kid. Are yeah. you talk? Do you cool. talk to Dave Chappelle? Yeah, I talked to him last week, man. Dave's all right. How's he doing? He's doing all right. He's still doing some stand up, you know. Uh, and uh, that's about it, as far as what I know that he's involved. I heard a rumor that he was doing some something on the internet, but I don't think that's true. Yeah, I heard that rumor too. I just wish the guy would do more stand up. You know, I wish he would put out some DVDs or something. You know. He's a brilliant comedian, man. Brilliant. Just when was the last time you heard uh, one of his bits, though? It's, you know, it's just it's unfortunate. You know, I mean, I love a guy like Louis C.K. who puts out a new uh, DVD every year or so, but I just wish you know David put something out. Well, you know, I, I would think that eventually he's going to have to, you know, because he, he has to be doing something. I mean, he may have had a lot of money when he first walked away, but you're spending that money. Eventually, you have to do something. Right. You know. You had to put something out and do something. You can't just go, I'm gonna, I have enough money to last the rest of my life when you got kids. One million dollars. He, he got four kids. So. Yeah. One million dollars. <laughs> exactly. Dave, Dave lives in Ohio, right? Yeah. yeah. What's but even, one, even in Ohio, one million dollars ain't going to last yeah. you very long, man. What's so much he, he, I'm sure he got a couple million dollars, but you know, it's, he, he got it work, man. What's Ohio all about? Why does he live out there? Oh, it's very sheltered. Like, if you, have, you got money, you move to Ohio, you know, your kids are going to be... You got to have to worry about nothing, man. What do you mean? It's safe, man. It's it's, it's you know it's not a fast moving place. Oh, I see. It's not a lot of you know crime and all the other stuff. He this kid grew up in Ohio. Oh, he lives yeah. on a farm. Yeah, a, really. Yeah. He lives near hippies, like Silver Springs, Ohio, or whatever. It's like a 
a lot of hippies over there. Really? Yeah. Good skiing. Yeah? Hippies in a farm. All right, folks. That's how we're going to end this. Hippies in a farm. That's yeah. a, the good life. You'll never see me do it. Charlie, it's been... <laughs> It's been a lot of fun being your friend, man. It's been a lot of fun meeting you. Uh, I had a great time doing that's that what's up, man. We're going, and we're going to do it, it again. Cool. We're going to do it again, man. We're going to do something. I would love you to know? do something with you. Anything. I'm just glad we got this done because we've been trying to do this for about two years. Yeah, we've been talking about and it forever. And I was feeling like Joe... Joe at this point probably thinks that I'm full of SH. No, man. I, I never saying, thought that. Yeah, Joe, I want to come through your podcast. I want to come through. I want to come through, Joe. And, but we were never here. I know you're busy you know? as fuck, and I know you got kids, because I'm busy as fuck, and I got kids. I know what it's never like. Never here, man. No, no worries, dude. It was but fun running into you in Hawaii, too. That was kind of crazy. Just random. You know what? Actually, we when you see me in Hawaii, it was when I first started writing that movie that I just finished writing. Really? On that, on that vacation is when I started writing it. Yeah, that's what made, ruined the vacation. Just for out me. of nowhere, we were staying at the same hotel together. Started that's brainstorming crazy, and all that. Small world, relaxing, man. And I was with a girl in Hawaii. I don't know if you've seen her. I was I was in love with that girl. Remember that girl? The one I took to Hawaii. Fell in love with the girl. Then with the kids. And I was like, this is gonna be the one that I'm bring introduce to my children. And she was perfect. And then we had a conversation, and she told me. Uh, you know, I just realized from observing you and your children that you're a pussy of a father. Whoa. I was like, well, what, did, what? She said, oh, you give your kids whatever they want. And there's two reasons why. One is because they lost their mom, and the other one is because you feel guilty because you're going the road. But when I meet your kids, I want to introduce them Hello. to tough love. And I was like, really? All right. Whoa. I'll talk to you later. I've never talked to her again since then. That was a girl I had in Hawaii at the time. Wow. What do you mean you're going to introduce my kids to tough love? Whoa. Yeah, that's instinctual. The mothers don't like other children. You know, the, the, the new wife doesn't like the, uh, the, the children of the lost mother. Oh, it's yeah? Natural. Yeah. It's natural. It's very, you're going to have to find a powerful woman, you know, a woman who uh, is really pure and honest and loving and, you know, someone who really is going to love and respect those kids. It's fucking difficult. I'm gonna let the, I let them know. If you do anything to my kids, if, if, if you hurt their feelings or anything, I'm gonna match. I'm gonna match your contribution to you. How many evil stepmothers? I should tell are their there, own mother you know? that. In in in, you know? in movies and stories, it's always evil stepmothers. You know. I don't play that shit, man. Yeah. Because I've seen it. I hear you. Yeah. yeah you, you you come around my kids. They, if my kids tell me anything, I hear you. You said or did to them when I was not around. I'm taking their word for it. Yeah. You know, that's my team right now, you know, and that that's you know, that's what I I look at. That's my any wrong person that comes in it, you can help whatever, but you're not you're not making them uncomfortable. You're a good man, Charlie Murphy. You're not having it. Thanks for coming over, dude. I really that's appreciate what's up. it. Thanks for having me, man. Um I'm gonna have to move this Kevin Smith one. Uh Kevin, I gotta call you up. You're not supposed to find out about it this way, but uh it was supposed to be August thirtieth, Kevin Smith was doing it, but we're gonna have to move that. And uh and that's it, freaks. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, if you uh, can thank our sponsor, is the flashlight? What is it? Flashlight, the number one sex toy for men, Joe. If you yeah, go on your website, one? you have a coupon you, code. You put in the name Rogan. Yes, fifteen percent off. And oh. You can fuck and think that you're saving money. It's even better. Oh, okay. All right. That's it, folks. Um, that's what's up. That's what's up. Uh, I gotta update this UStream page, man, or the Twitter page. Uh, uh, some new you have dates. Different dates. Yeah, I was going to say what they are, but I don't remember them. Because this is a, a fucking mess. Oh, okay. Oh. September 30th, I'm at the Warner Theater in Washington, D.C. That's a new one. And then the Verizon Center in Houston, Texas, October 7th. 
And uh, that's it. So uh, I'll see you guys next week. Thank you to the Fleshlight. Thank you to uh, Charlie Murphy. Thank you, Freeze Love. Thank you. Rich, wake up. Which is wake up, Rich. Good night, everybody. Thank you very much. I'm playing the show. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta give it in.